It's just a public service announcement sponsored by Just Blaze and the good folks at Rockefeller Records. Fellow Americans, it is with the utmost pride and sincerity that I present this recording as a living testament and <laughs> recollection of history in the making during our generation. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho. H to the OV. I used to move snowflakes by the OZ. This is Real Talk with Ben Tompkins, presented by Four Roses. Hey, we're going hard one time. This might be the realest talk that I've ever given, and it needs to be said. I got a lot of things that need to be said. Lots of real talk. I am Ben Tompkins. That is what I do. That is what this podcast is about. And specifically this podcast, today's podcast, I'm taping this. It's 11.37 p.m. on Tuesday night. I have uh, just gotten back. I wasn't out this late. I was obviously uh, like uh, adhering to the curfew that's here in Louisville. But earlier today, I spent time with friends down in front of the courthouse downtown Louisville, protested with the people, listened. Uh, Today was Blackout Tuesday. We'll get to some thoughts on Blackout Tuesday. I have been silent over, not silent on here, silent from a podcast sense. I've been vocal on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and my social media platforms doing what I can. Um, But I started to ask myself, I want to do more. I don't don't just want to post something about it. I actually want to do. And so tonight, um, two friends and my girlfriend and I, we went down. We were in a group of people chanting, protesting, and it was really cool, actually. Mayor Fisher did a community Q&A, an impromptu Q&A. Apparently, he was just like walking down the fucking street, and someone was like, hey, Mayor, why don't you come on over here and answer some some questions and give them some real talk? And you know what? It was enlightening. This isn't like a pro-Fisher take or anything like that. It was just, it was so great to be with people and hear actual people, real people, real stories, real opinions, and not be reading some fucking Twitter bot talking shit and being divisive was awesome. So I'll get to some thoughts on that. Obviously, lots of thoughts over the last few days. Um, I'll share what I shared on social media and and build upon that as I've had time to watch as the nation is is hurting. We're hurting, guys. And I, I you know, as a white guy, I can only uh, use my platform and 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 stand up for the people, stand with the people and say that, you know, I have different experiences than you and I understand that I might never experience uh, the things that you do on a daily basis um, because that's what this is all about is just being fucking black in America or being a person of color in America and and the shit that you got to deal with. And so well, this is, I, I swear to God, we're going to go so deep on this one. And, you know, it's been about three weeks since we have uh, talked last, and, and there's a reason for that, so I'll get to that. I'll get to what I'm doing now, because you're probably wondering, Benny T, where have you been, bro? Hey, listen, the kid's back in the saddle, all right? I got some new direction, and that is uh, a big part of, of what you know this podcast is also going to be about, is the direction that I'm headed in, and where I'm taking this thing, and, and kind of the why. So I'm going to really peel back the curtain. I'm telling you, this is going to be some of the realest talk that I've ever given, and it's uh, it's I'll probably get emotional at some points. Like I was getting emotional, just you know, kind of like writing some of the stuff out, making notes about it. Um, but that the listen, listen, I promise you that from now on, I will be doing exactly the type of podcast 
and exactly giving you guys exactly what I think you want. And it starts here tonight. So that means Uber stories. And I'll get to why that's important way later on, okay? Way later on. I also need to apologize for something. It's been about six months at this point, right? And I'll tell you why I wasn't able to offer a formal apology and why I'm doing it just now. Um, but we're going to touch on a lot of stuff. And like I said, it's, it's, it's 11.41, Tuesday night. But you know what? Um, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't sit still any longer. I couldn't sit silent any longer. Uh, I, this was just kind of like boiling out of me, honestly, like overflowing out of me. And over the last four or five days, I've just been jotting down notes just jotting down things that I wanted to get to in this. And um, here's what I got for you today, okay? If you want to get in touch with the show, listen, uh, slightly different, okay? I'm just doing podcasts from the basement studio, right? And so if you have things that you want to say, I am on social media at BennyTomp18. You can follow along on the Facebook show page. It's Real Talk, W slash Benny, uh, Ben Tompkins, Real Talk with Ben Tompkins, right? And then. Also, um, I'm on Apple Podcasts. I'm on Spotify. I just got uploaded onto Spotify. Uh, actually, this morning I got the confirmation, so that was kind of cool. Um, and also on SoundCloud at BennyTomp18. Most, most, most uh, social media channels at BennyTomp18. We are presented by Four Roses Bourbon. They uh, shout out to the plug. Shout out to Four Roses Bourbon. Listen, baby, we're grinding. We're grinding. We're grinding. All right. And so um, there is a light at the end of the at the end of the tunnel here, and just bear with me. And uh, in a year, let's see where we're at. Well, let's keep score. And a year from now, um, I, I think that this is gonna. I think this is gonna go get big. I, I really do. I, I believe that because it's real. And I'm not just gonna be doing sports anymore. So here's I. Uh, where do I even begin? This is a lot, guys. This is heavy. This is uh. This is really fucking hard. All right. Like. <laughs> enough just give us the shit okay okay so let me let me first start by explaining this um i haven't posted anything in about three weeks like i've really pretty silent outside of um you know what's going on in the city of louisville brianna taylor um the george floyd killing i've been vocal about that i've been vocal in in you know standing up in solidarity with my brothers and sisters but I haven't posted uh, or uploaded a podcast. It's been almost a month, almost a month at this point. And let me tell you why that is. Let me tell you why that is, okay? I suffer from mood swings. I can be a moody son of a bitch on, it's it's so random. And, and you know, it doesn't also help by the fact that, I mean, I mean it's by the fact that I'm a Gemini. It's Gemini season. What's good, Geminis, right? Um. But that's the twins, right? Castor and Pollux. And that's like, that's me. I have two sides, right? I'm, I'm this very energetic, outgoing, bring people together glue guy. And I can also be a recluse, a miserable prick, the most depressed fucking person that you've ever met in your life. And when I'm like that, I just want to be left alone. I just want to go and, and I, I don't want to be like, I, I, because I know I'm just a fucking prick and I, I can't bring myself to do anything that's positive or anything like it, it's just it's it's the dark hole of depression and anxiety and sadness and woe is me and as I get older and I try to get you know move on from this and and not let uh, I've, I've never actually whew, wow I've never admitted this <laughs> to anybody outside of like a couple of my best friends um, 
and uh, but I'm 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 bipolar. I was diagnosed with bipolar summer of uh, 2019, and uh, for the last year, I I don't take any medicine for it. I'm scared about what that'll do. I'm scared that it'll change me. Um, I've heard really, you know, I've heard people get on it, and it's really great for them. I've also heard people get on it, and once they get off, they're never the same. And I I don't want to lose these 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 parts of me, you know, the manic highs. And the really low lows. The really low lows suck. Let me tell you about it, my friend. I've been there before. I'm I'm working my way out of a fucking fat phase right now. Okay, it sucks. Um, but like, but I I say that because um I I do have a platform and I want to be real with you guys. And there are gonna be times where I am I'm up I'm up right now because I'm up right now. Hey, right. And then there's like gonna be times where I am really fucking struggling. And you know if I'm not posting a whole lot or like it's that's not always the case right sometimes you just you know whatever but other times like in the last month um i can go through and i can be prone to huge fucking mood swings and they suck and it's awful okay um but like you know i'm sitting here talking about this in the context of greater things that are happening outside of me right i mean i've just come from downtown and witnessed something that is way, way fucking worse than what I'm dealing with. And I acknowledge that. And I understand that. And I don't want to sound like, oh, poor, you know, that's not what this is about. I'm just saying, like, I feel like a lot of people don't fucking talk about mental illness. And uh, there is a stigma around it. And I don't know, just owning that, I feel like, I mean, that that's, listen, I'm telling you what, we, we, we're only scratching the fucking tip of the iceberg with, with the real talk coming tonight, okay? Um, but that's why. That's why I haven't been posting any podcasts lately. That and I mean, there's no fucking sports on. Okay, like the Tiger Woods and Tom Brady thing was pretty sick, and I loved the finale of the Last Dance and Lance Armstrong still a fucking dickhead. But I don't really have a whole lot else to talk about, right? I mean, there's not a whole lot going on. It's kind of like, do I really want to do uh, the 47th podcast that you're going to listen to speculating on? when sports will come back and what they'll sound like uh, yeah, or what they'll look like, right? No, you don't need that. You need real shit. That's what I'm going to be giving you. And I'll get to that. I'll get to how this podcast and this show is going to be turning in a slightly different direction, okay? But, but first, let me start by saying this. The reason that I went through such a major mood swing recently was because, you know, man, at the start of the quarantine, I was doing great. I had just started going back to LAC over on Westport Road. Shout out, my G's. And I was really motivated. And then the quarantine hit, right? Businesses start closing. Uh, Rudy Gobert tests positive. The NBA shuts down. Like they started telling all the, you know, all the, uh, at that point, I was still doing a daily radio show on air. And most of the radio stations started sending people home. And at the time, it's about mid March. And I was trying to make a play. I had a leverage play. I had a little bit of leverage. I said, hey, I went to Four Roses Bourbon. Uh, shout out to my guy, Byron. Today and every day, my friend, what's good? Uh, and I said, hey, man, listen, here's what I got for you. ESPN 680 has the bonus hour. They do it from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. And what I'd like to do is pitch this to Andy Sweeney, their programming director, or pitch it to Drew Diener or anybody that is there that would listen. It ended up being Sweeney uh, because he's the programming director, right? And so I'm telling Byron, hey, I want to take this show and I want to go to 680 
It'll be a better investment for you guys. More people will be listening. And also, there's nobody else on in the market between 6 and 7 p.m. ESPN 680 does a bonus hour. And it's just a repeat of three of the top segments from the previous day's show. It's a throwaway. It's a throwaway. It's a total throwaway. And so I'm like, hmm, here's an opportunity to go from a small kind of nothing station to a bigger station and a very legitimate station, still do sales. And also, if you're selling radio advertising, and you know, I would run into this sometimes where I would go to a pitch meeting, right? I would go to meet a prospective client and they would go, well, let me, let me tune in. Let me listen. And you know, I would go to follow up and then three days later, they'd be like, hey, you know what? I was listening and I really didn't get the station that well. So I'm going to pass this time. And I'm like, God, you know, this is a challenge. These are my challenges, right? And so I'm thinking, man, if I can just get to 680, take this 6 to 7 p.m. hour, uh, do one hour, which I'm more than capable of doing, right? I was doing two hours a little bit uh, at Big X, but then uh, I was going back to one hour. I was just trying to fill time on some days, but I'm like, I can crush one hour easy, easy. And also, if I'm selling advertising, it's going to be way easier to sell the ESPN name just based off of name brand recognition alone. I mean, I walk into a pitch meeting with a bar owner or a restaurant downtown and say, yeah, man, here's the show. Here's the time. Here's the cost. It's ESPN radio. We'll do a remote. We'll get some people here. Like we've got good social media channels. We'll plug it up. And if, you know, whatever you make on your average check is, uh, you know, let's say it's, I don't know, 22 bucks. Let's say the average person spends 22 bucks. Well, if you're running up a $400 a month advertising bill and I bring in X amount of people per month, well, there you go. You've just made your money back based off one event. If I can get 10 people out that each spend 22 bucks, 30 bucks, well, there's like two, 300 bucks on one night. Also, I'm driving Uber all around the city. And so when people ask me for recommendations, I'll plug you. I felt like that was a pretty good deal. Uh, Andy Sweeney did not. Here's what I want to say about Andy Sweeney, okay? I appreciate him entertaining it. What had happened was I reach out mid-March. I have two or three weeks left on my contract or with the contract that Four Roses was doing at Big X. Four Roses was not going to re-up with Big X. There was no chance that they were going to continue to spend money at a station that doesn't have Nielsen data that doesn't have concrete numbers that they can actually give to prospective clients. When a, when you sit down in a client meeting and someone says, hey, how many people on average listen to your station so that me, the business owner, could expect to understand how many people a potential marketing campaign, uh, radio spots might reach? And when you don't have an answer for that and you just use anecdotal evidence, people are, are pretty quick to dismiss that, man. All right. <laughs> like that's not and I'm not saying that to be a dick. I mean, maybe, you know, nice for what? But like I, I'm I'm being that's real talk. That's real talk. All right. So anyways, I go to Andy with about two weeks left, three weeks left, and I pitched him that idea. And he was open to hearing it out. He said, Hey, you know what? Go ahead, send me something. I said, Hey, how about I just send you today's podcast? Like I'll just send you today's show. He's like, Great, do it. So I sent it to him. And I said, hey, man, I'll follow up with you in a week. And so, you know, a week goes by. I go to follow up. I have to follow up a couple times. I don't know if he ever actually listened to that or not. I, I have no idea. But 
you know, my time, my window here is kind of running out because I'm, I'm, I'm talking to my sponsor like, yeah, I'm, I'm like, you know, my deal is up with you guys at the end of the month. Are you guys down to stick with me through whatever's going to happen? He's like, yeah, man, we, we, we really enjoy, um, I, I personally enjoy listening to you and I appreciate how big of a, amp, uh, like a brand ambassador that you've been for us. You plug us and you show us love and we love that about you. I'm like, baby, I fucking love that about us too, all right? This is a great relationship. So I go to Andy and, you know, I didn't get anything back for like, uh, you know, kind of a week or two. And it really bummed me out because it felt like we had a really good phone conversation, right? And then, uh, here, but here's the thing. The, the timing on this is, is kind of important, right? I'm, I'm doing this and literally the same week that I'm reaching out and that we're talking and he was open initially and receptive to it and he was very generous of his time and everything like that up front and, and I appreciate that about, about you, Andy. Seriously, I mean, if, if you end up listening to this, I appreciate that, all right? Hearing me out, that's all I could have asked for, right? So I go to follow up the next week and he comes back and says, listen, man, this is like the worst possible time, right? I'm just paraphrasing, but basically it was the worst possible time to be trying to add new content. He's trying not to cut hours of the people that already have jobs there. I'm asking him to create a new job and 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 commit new resources to a new hour that they're just, you know, that that's a throwaway right now that they don't really have to, you know, they cut a few things up, they throw it on, they run it and and you know, we're, we're kosher, right? Well, um He's also like, man, I'm I'm trying not to send people home. This, if you were interested in doing just a straight time buy, we could talk. And I came back and said, listen, that's what Four Roses is gonna do. They're gonna buy the time, right? You let me know how expensive that time is. Four Roses is gonna cover it, and I'm gonna try to sell some kind of a package that incentivizes them to not only pay for that time, but also pay me a little bit more, right? And so I can have a cut of this and and make some freaking money here, right? Because dreams don't pay the bills, baby. Kids, let me tell you, kids don't pay the fucking bills. Dreams don't pay the fucking bills. Kids definitely don't pay the fucking bills. Jesus. Don't even get me started on that. But <laughs> here's what's important, right? Is that after I come back and, and I can be a little bit, uh, you know, I can come on strong. I can be a little bit overzealous. But I'm selling it. Like, this is my fucking passion project. This is what I'm going for. And I, I can't shortchange that. So I'm like, Andy, I'm your fucking guy. Just, man, I, I get it that you're not trying to, but just give me a shot. Let's talk in a few weeks when things are, you know, we, we have an idea of what's going on. Because literally at that time, like the ACC tournament and this conversation getting canceled, like the ACC tournament getting canceled and the conversation that I'm having with him literally is happening in the same week. By Friday, the tournaments are canceled. By Monday, when I'm having this discussion with him, and he's telling me, man, I'm trying not to cut hours. This is going to get ugly. Like it, it just, and I knew that if I tried to force it and if I tried to push it, like what's the point? What's the point in, in potentially like pissing him off from the jump and being too, you know, coming on too strong. So I, I was like, you know, listen, that's cool. I'm, they are interested in the time by let's talk in a few weeks, like be well, stay safe. We didn't know what, what the hell we were in for, but, you know, from then and for the next eight weeks, nine weeks, however the fucking long it's been, geez, um, we've been chilling. We've all been chilling at home. There have been no sports. I actually have enjoyed doing things from my basement podcast, you know, studio at the condo because, I mean, honestly, this thing is fucking grade A 
and a better studio and setup than I had. Um, and I can do it all on my own. I can pop down here whenever I want. Like it's midnight on a Tuesday night and, and, and I'm ripping, I'm straight ripping in the studio, right? Anyways, fast forward five, six weeks, uh, six weeks probably. There's talk about things reopening. There's talk about uh, a brighter day ahead. There's starting to be some momentum that starts to pick up from the coronavirus quarantine that's kept us just basically in the dark and guessing and, and, and has kept experts continuously contradicting themselves. And we have no fucking clue what's going on. But we start to hear about like people get their stimulus packages. People are starting to bounce back a little bit from that sense. I mean, you know, as much as that helps out, right? Um, but we're starting to hear about, hey, maybe the things could start opening back up in like three to four weeks. And this is about, you know, this is about a month ago. This is a month ago. So, and at that point, I think we were like, like five or six weeks in, you know. Um, but at, at that time, I was like, you know what? I really need to kind of know. Like, I kind of need to know. I've been operating under this assumption and, and just this, this hope, this, this fucking wish, this Hail Mary, that what I sent to him, he liked, and that what I'm saying to him made sense. And that I will be able to, once things open up, once businesses reopen up, and I'm able to sell to them, sell some advertising, their budgets are going up a little bit, they're getting some people back in the doors, we're getting shows that are back in the studios, sports, I don't know when they're going to come back, and it's honestly kind of a blessing that I'm not, that I'm not in this position now, uh, because I would be on air just trying to talk about sports and not talk about the real shit that we're going to get to, okay? I promise, I promise, okay? But it, it just... It, it didn't work out. It didn't work out. And when I went to follow up with him about five, six weeks later, I said, hey, man, I just need to know. Like, I just need to know. When this all kind of starts to reopen back up and the quarantine is lifted, are you serious about selling me and Four Roses that time? Because if you're not, fine. I just need to know so that I can have a backup plan. I, I'm not sitting here waiting until the very last minute and then only to get left at the dance, you know what I mean? Or not even fucking make it to the dance, I don't know. But he comes back and says, all right, well, you know, I hear you, I hear you. Well, how would you feel about a weekend show? You know, maybe not doing the bonus hour, but how would you feel about doing a weekend show? Which is, look, a weekend show is where a lot of people start. It is, and especially like going from a daily show at Big X to a weekend show at 680, that is a step up, and it's a step up, and that's how you kind of move up in the, you know, by uh, not only by market size, um, but also, you know, from station to station, growing in your own market, and then hopefully launching to a bigger market. You climb the ladder. You maybe hope to get to ESPN one day, where you're just sparring people on Twitter and having to follow. I, I just, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Very, very corporate working for Disney. Yeah. I don't know if I'm really Disney material, but, um, that's what it was. But I come back and say, listen, Andy, if doing a weekend show is going to be my only entry point here, if this is my only opportunity, then I'm going to take it and I'm going to make the most of it. And I'm going to hope that a year from now I will have sold more sponsorships And I will have proven to you that I do deserve like a daily show on your station. I think I'm good enough. I think I'm entertaining enough. My sports takes are, get us some thoughts on all of that kind of stuff. But like, I think I'm good enough to be there. And I think that I'm going to sell ESPN 680. I think I'm going to sell the shit out of it. 
And I, I think this can work for so many different reasons. So what do you think? And he said, all right, well, and, and I told him too, like, listen, I, what you do, Andy, you don't know this about me, but I quit my job in the Bay Area where I was making, you know, I didn't tell him what I was making and I've never really disclosed that because I don't, it, it wasn't like I was killing it. Like out in the Bay Area, I'm making sixty, sixty-five thousand dollars that, that, you know, that's like the equivalent of like thirty-five, forty here in Kentucky probably, right? I mean, it goes really quick out there. But I'm like, dude, I quit a good job with a good future because this is what I wanted to do. And I thought at the time that sports was still what I was really wanting to do. And I'll, I'll transition here in a little bit and tell you where we're going from here. Because now I am, now I am thousand, a thousand percent. Because I got nothing to lose. I got nothing to lose to just go for it. But I'm like, dude, I quit my job to move back. I said I was going to do this. In a year, I sold um, a show sponsorship. I sold a phone line sponsorship for the station I was at, and I also sold another segment sponsorship. Like I crossed all those things off. I did this all on my own. Here I am. I've got some leverage. We've got a couple of weeks. Let me let me come and take that bonus hour. He said, "All right, yeah, listen. I'll take a flyer on you, kid. Do this. Don't just send me the podcast link. Go ahead and send me like a couple segments, a couple monologues, a couple interviews. I'll take a listen. Okay? I said." Absolutely, I'll have them to you in you know three, four days, whatever. Send them to him. Took me a while. You know, in journalism, you ha- you have demo reels like your tapes, basically, and that's what uh, you know you send out to programming directors, and it's the same for radio and television people. You know, you you send those tapes out, and it's like a, it's like a, a mashup, a mixtape, if you will. It's a mixtape, right? So I go through. I spend all this time, you know, three or four days, three about three days going through a bunch of material. And I was, so, I was so surgical about it. I'm like, all right, what would I want to hear as a programming director? Well, I would want to hear a take on Kentucky football. I would want to hear a take on Kentucky basketball. I would want to hear can take, a take on Louisville football and Louisville basketball and maybe some other college football stuff or some big stuff that's happened. And instead of just sending the stuff that I thought, hey, this was really creative or hey, I think I sounded good here, I sent him things that I thought a programming director in the Louisville market would want to hear. And I sent it to him. I made him a really nice Microsoft Word key and kind of explained what each one was and kind of set it all up. I sent him three interviews, three segments, and three monologues. And never heard back. I followed up. I sent the stuff to him. I didn't get acknowledged like, hey, I got him. I'll take a listen. Nothing like that. I just said, hey, Andy, here, here they are. And I'll follow up with you in a week. And a week went and, you know, came and came and went. And when I went to follow up with them, I didn't get a response. And I was fucking crushed. I was fucking crushed. It had completely knocked the wind out of my sails and knocked the wind out of my gut from the last five or six weeks that I had been so good. I just get back into LAC. I'm very focused on on losing weight and and I had made progress to that point. I'm like, fuck that. I'm not gonna sit home and let that all go to waste, because what was I even doing it for in the first place? I'm going to continue to grind out in the garage, got some shitty dumbbells from a friend, got some CrossFit workouts I'm going to do. I'm going to crush it, and when this all lifts, I'll come out of this and emerge stronger than I was before. I was using the energy of thinking, this is going to work. This is going to work for me. Why would it not? Why would he say no? If somebody's buying that time, and I don't suck, and I don't think I suck, you guys might think I suck, but fuck you. <laughs> you suck, okay? 
But I'm like, I, I think this will work. Why would he say no? Why would he say no? And, uh, you know, ultimately he didn't say no because he didn't say anything at all. He said less. He, he didn't say anything at all. Um, a week later, I went to follow up again. And again, I got nothing back. You know, hey, Andy, I'm just trying to follow up. You know, I, I let him know, listen, I'm, I'm trying to be, you know, because I, I, I triple texted. I triple texted. I spaced him out each a week right? One week and then another week went by and then another week went by and I triple texted and, 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 and fellas, listen, if, if, a, and, 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 and like, so I'm, listen, I'm like, dude, I'm trying to be as nuanced about this as possible, but you know, and so I had to come to the really tough realization and frame it like this to myself. Benny T, if this was a chick and she had given you her number and you thought that you guys had a connection, you thought that you guys had a really good talk. You thought that there might have been some flirting going on. And then you go to hit her up and ask her out, and she doesn't get back to you. You know what you don't do? You don't wait three weeks to finally go, she's not that interested. Since this was a professional thing, I was a little bit more patient and lenient with it. But after three weeks of, of not getting anything back and just being fucking ignored, I'm like, listen, if this was a chick, I would move on. Read the room, dude. She's not interested in you. She's not that into you. And so Andy Sweeney was, <laughs> I guess, in a sense, a couple weeks ago, my hot chick. My hot chick that just wasn't interested. ESPN 680 was the hot chick that wasn't interested. Now, listen, I say all of that, and I just spent 30 minutes opening this up. I don't even know if he listened. I have no idea. Maybe I sent it to him. He got busy, and he never took a, you know, took a listen. But he, even then... Um, like, what if he hears this? And then he's like, Hey, you know what? I, I didn't listen. And you're in and, and listen, why don't you come and do this? Like, okay. Like, okay. I finally listen. Like I'm, I hear you now. I still wouldn't because I'm going to, and I'm going to tell you why and what I'm doing and why I'm not going to compromise that because that is my path and I'm fucking committed to it. And I'm going to run down it. I'm going to first walk. Actually, I'm going to first crawl because you crawl before you ball. And then you get up, you get up off your knees. You stop feeling fucking sorry for yourself. And then you start walking and you carry that in the, the momentum into running, and then you're sprinting, my friend, and eventually you're sprinting downhill, and you're chasing your shit, and I'm, that's, that's, that's the goal that I'm on, that's the road that I'm on, some thoughts on that. But I say all of that, and I just burned 30 minutes into this thing because this is who I am, for better or worse. I have these huge mood swings. I am a manic depressive. How you doing? How you doing? Good to be here. Good to see you again. Bill, Bill. Okay, I go through these things, and I live through these things, and I, I, I really haven't talked about them um, a lot, but you know what? There's a lot of people that struggle with it, and uh, I, I certainly was. I didn't know that I was you know, bipolar, manic depressive until I actually went and got the testing, and then when I got the testing, I was kind of freaked out because I'm like, oh my God, what do I expect? You know, but um, you know what? I, 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 the reason that I never said anything about it First of all, it's very personal. I mean, it's a fucking very personal thing. But also, I never, my biggest fear is that it, it's used as a weapon against people. And there's this big, broad mental health, mental illness brush that everybody gets painted under. And we all think that if, you know, if you're bipolar, then you're pretty much Joker from the Batman, right? I mean, this is like, people believe that. That's, that's what people believe. But no, man. I mean, people have all people have Asperger's, people have bipolar, people have Alzheimer's, people have different fucking diseases, and it's about being tolerant and uh, and being honest about it. So I struggle with it. 
uh, I think anybody in my shoes would. And um, it's just something that I think that uh, there, there's just no point. And I'm, you know, that's not what this podcast is going to be about. Uh, but I felt that it was important just to share that just because, you know, people are asking, hey, where have you been, man? It's been like three weeks and you haven't dropped anything new. What's going on? Uh, so that's that's kind of where we've been at, okay? But I want to segue because, yes, the 680 deal is done. It's dead, okay? I'm not going back to Big X. Here's what the fuck I'm doing moving forward. I am driving full-time for Uber. I can make 23 bucks an hour doing it. I get to meet hella people. I get to tell great stories. I get to be told great stories. And I get to basically interview and have a pulse on the city like nobody else can. You know what's really funny? And I'm just flowing here at this point because we're going, baby. This is the real shit. Here's the funny thing. Over the last year when I was at Big X and I was hosting my radio show, you know, I had a group of, I don't know how many, I don't know how many like dedicated listeners I had every day, but I had a group of texters that used to hit me up, okay? And I fucking love you guys for that um, and hope that you'll continue to stick with me here because I think it's only going to get better. But, you know, they would tolerate my sports takes. I, I think I have decent sports takes. I think I'm really good on some stuff, great on college football and college basketball. Uh, it's tough. You know, I didn't really play basketball, didn't grow up knowing the game that well. It's, you know, I'm just kind of like, uh, there would be days where I would get to the show, you know, I'd freak the fuck out all day long trying to think about what I was going to talk about for an hour or two hours and isn't I going to suck? Am I going to sound like a fraud that I don't know what I'm talking about? Like, I would work myself up into this anxious mess. And just be so thankful sometimes that I would just be done with the show. I'm like, thank God that red light went off, right? But what's funny is, out of the last year, and this is how I think this, this is why I think this will work. This is how I know, honestly, in my heart, this is going to work. A year from now, I'm going to look back and be like, damn, I don't know why I ever wasted any more time getting straight to this shit. But the number one segment that I did on the show were Uber stories. (laughs) They were Uber stories. I would get in, I would, I would get in the saddle, I would go on air four, and I might be 15 minutes into the show and I'm getting texts, baby Benny, baby Benny, we want some Uber stories, uncle baby Benny, we want some Uber stories, got any good Uber stories? And that was like, that was awesome. And that was what people were literally asking me for. You know, they were like, okay, yeah, 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 we get your stuff on Coach Cal and the Ashton Hagen's videos, I throw my pen across the fucking room over here. That was okay, right? But here is what we're actually interested in. Give the people what they want. I got to listen to that. There's an old saying in radio. Go play the hits. And the people were asking for the Uber stories. Those were the hits. And so I, I, I'm sitting here, right? And I'm like, dude, I, I honestly love meeting strangers. Like airports are by, like by far one of my most favorite places in the world, right? Um, I love meeting new people. I love hearing new experiences. I love that little burst of energy that you get when you just meet a fucking real one and you're like, damn, I'll probably never see this person again. But you know what? In this moment, like we shared something. Like that was good people right there. I fucking live for those moments, dude. That's what drives me. And the energy that I got from my friends and my family, like that, that's that's the shit that I get off on, right? So I'm like, I, and I and I like driving. I like listening to music. I like DJing for the people. I play fucking hits and they love them in the whip. And I've got a sick fucking whip. I got TVs in the headrest. I got leather interior. I got a Hyundai Equus. Google it. Google it. Because <laughs> I guarantee you've never seen it. 
But it's it's like I love that. I fucking love that. And I love like, you know, like not everybody if people get in, not everybody wants to talk, right? And so I don't force conversation. I'm not the fucking annoying ass guy. I don't need your fucking tip. I'm not going to sit there and try to talk to you about the weather just because I hope that you'll, you know, tip me uh, uh you know, $2.25. Like, no, that's not what it's about. It's about, you know, I I ask people, "Hey man, how's your day?" "Hey girl, sis, how's how's your day going?" you know? "What's up with you?" And most of the time they open up and they talk to me. People really like talking to me. I I and it's one of my strengths, honestly, is is talking to people and communicating, and I think that uh there are there are times when I can certainly come off as as abrasive or forward, but uh, there are also times where I'm I'm a very generous, patient, kind human being, a sincere human being, benevolent to a fault. That's why my name Benny, benevolent, right? There you go. And I'm I just I just want to know, like, hey, I'm curious. Like, you're a new person. Hi, I'm like a fucking dog, like a retriever. Like, <laughs> oh, new person, new person, right? <laughs> like, it's. But like, and 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 I love it, and I and that's my passion. I'm a people fucking person, okay. So people get in, and I love being able to take them. You know, I I take a lot of people to work because it's cheaper for people to honestly take an Uber or Lyft to work than it is to pay for parking downtown, pay for a car, pay for car insurance, pay for gas, all that shit. I end up taking a lot of people to work. I end up taking a lot of people to the UPS port and everything like that over there, and. I'm always like, hey, man, have a good day at work. Hey, hey, if it's a girl, you know, I, I'm not like, hey, girl, hey, sis. I'm just like, hey, have a good night at work, you know, and I get people to where they're going safely. And if I can even just 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 one percent make their day that one percent better because they had a positive interaction with somebody, then I, that's why I do it. That's why I do it. I, and, and listen, 23 bucks an hour. That's not bad. It's a lot better than, you know, uh, uh, being a waiter or any, you know, kind of other job that's not like, I don't know, electricians make like 30 an hour, but but I don't fucking know shit about wires. I'd be the asshole that they would bring in on the bomb squad that would clip the wrong wire and blow us all in the fucking safe. I mean, I, I, I should not be trusted with that, right? So I feel like this is pretty good. I'm a good driver. I got whip game, five-star Uber rating. No, I'm just playing. 4.96, actually, for those of you keeping score at home. So, and if I ever get you, I hope that I do, and I hope that we have a good conversation. And if you don't want to talk, I'm not going to force you to talk. People talk, people, you know, it's, it's, it, it is what it is, but, oh my God, <laughs> I'm sitting here reflecting on everything that's happened in the last month, and at some point, I just, you know, I got over it. I was like, I'm done feeling sorry for myself that things at 680 aren't going to work out, but I think the market is speaking. I, I think the market has spoken, and if I don't listen to it, and if I don't adjust to it, then I might, you know, waste another fucking I I don't know how many other years of my youth. You know, you can't you, you can't roll time back. It doesn't stop. And I'm like, well, if this isn't working, you know, I would just I'm going to move on to the next thing. And and this is what the next thing is. Driving for Uber full time and making this podcast about the stories and the interactions that I have with people every single day. And if I'm driving, you know, 6, 7, 8 hours a day, Let's say I'm taking 10, 12 rides a day, maybe longer if I'm in, you know, if I'm driving later or if they're quick rides or whatever like that, but like longer rides, you have a little bit more time to talk. And let's say just two of them a day end up being good, interesting, fascinating stories. Then after a week, I've got about 
you know, eight to 10 stories that I think are really strong. I've got five that I'm going to talk about later in the podcast, still later in the podcast. This might end up being kind of a two-hour podcast, I think. Um, so just bear with me, okay? But um, it, it's, it's just, that, that's, listen, that's what people asked for when I was doing the sports show. And I think that this is, this is so much more geared towards me like I don't want to. I don't really want to be talking about box scores and how many rebounds somebody had. And also, like I, I get bummed out thinking about the future of like what am I aspiring to be? What am I angling for? I think also something that helped me like kind of move off of this and, and justify it was um, Mike Rutherford and, and Ramsey and some of the shakeup that they had at iHeartMedia. I'm like, dude, that's like one of like them and Nick Coffee in the market. That's at, at iHeart. That's like where you're trying to go. If I'm at a smaller station trying to climb the ladder, those are the jobs that I'm. I would want to hopefully get, and they're getting cut, and people are being sent home. Like Mike just had a fucking baby, man, and he gets sent home, and it's like, damn, that's tough. Luckily, he's a great college basketball writer. He's a great writer, and he's bouncing back on his feet doing the dad thing. That's awesome. But I look at that and I'm like, damn. Is this what I'm really sprinting towards? Is that what I want to sprint downhill towards? A layoff at some point. And they had a good show. Like, I like Mike. Ramsey's kind of insufferable, but I like Mike, right? Good-ass dude. Nick Coffey, good-ass dude. But there's, there's no guarantee. There's no guarantee. Um, and, and so I'm like, well, fine. I'm going to pivot. I'm going to do a podcast that's less about sports. I'll still do sports from time to time. College football, yeah. You know we're going to have this thing fucking rocking, right? But by and large, what you're going to be getting um, at least once a week, maybe even twice a week, as I have different different um, interviews. I'm going to still do really good interviews, okay? And I've got my Zoom stuff all set up, and so I'm still going to bring you guys really good interviews. They just won't be always be sports. They're going to be real shit. Like I was, I've been reaching out to people that write um, kind of like uh, books on anxiety and rewiring your brain and trying to implement like psychological traits and tactics that you can use in order not to fall and slip into depression. And like, I'm going to do stuff that I think people will find interesting, useful, and, and, and entertaining. And if I can bring you that and I can do that for you, then I'm doing my job. And, and I, and I, you know, I feel good about that. I feel really good about that. Um, you know, what I was saying a second ago is I look ahead to the future and what do I want to be? Who do I want to be? Because not only are the jobs like that getting cut, you know what ends up happening when you stay in sports media? Not for everybody, not for everybody, but like if I want to be the local radio host, that's going to mean that I'm on Twitter in my 30s and 40s talking shit and getting shit talked to me by random bots and going back and forth. Like I remember watching Mark Blankenbaker and Matt Jones go back and forth. And it was like a pretty good public sparring on Twitter. But I'm like, this is the future. Like, this is, this is, this is it, man. Like, <laughs> I'm looking down the, the, you know, the barrel right here. I'm like, is this really what I'm, what I'm willing to lay it all out for? Is like, is this what I want? No, absolutely fucking not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I'm not about that. I, that that's just, that's just not me. I, I don't want to sit there and, and have to like 
come up with the most like edgy, you know, like comeback and everything like that. I'm getting way off topic at this point, but like that, that, that played into it. And I'm just like, no, I'm moving on. So that's what I'm doing. I'm going to be giving you guys all the Uber stories. Okay. And about once a week, probably Wednesdays or Thursdays, this one's going to drop on a Wednesday, but I think moving forward, I'll probably do these on Thursday. So at least I have like you know, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from the previous week, and then like a Monday, Tuesday, maybe take Wednesday and Thursday off to get the stuff ready for the podcast and have a day off and then kind of pick it back up on Thursday. And and so by that time, I'm hoping to bring you guys like, if I can come into the week and have like eight really solid, interesting conversations, interesting stories. I mean, guys, you wouldn't believe the shit that people tell me. And, and I want to say this real quick too, is anybody that gets in my car, it's it's confidential. I'm not going to out anybody, okay? I'm not here to out anybody. That's not what this is about. Think of it as, as a, it's like anonymous taxicab confessions. Remember that show on HBO, right? Um, people get in. I'll mention their first name. I don't know their last name. I'm not going to blow their cover. It's a small city. I'm bound to pick up people that I know, and it is what it is, and I'm going to give you great service and play some banging tunes, and we're going to have a great fucking ride, all right? Buckle up, baby. <laughs> but here's the thing. I'm not here to out anybody or or, you know, publicize anything like that. These are I, I I as and as a journalist, like as a journalist, and I'm I'm and I'm say that sometimes like kind of cavalier, kind of joking around, like a oh, big J journalist. I am I am never going to give up somebody's identity and and out somebody. Um, unless it's like a mayor in, in the back seat smoking crack, right? Like the Toronto mayor, right? Rob Ford, right? Something crazy like that. But if, if it's told to me in confidence, it stays in confidence. There's a little saying that my family has. It's called omerta, okay? It's called omerta. And so know that that applies to you as well, my friends. But that's what I'm doing. I'll do the Uber stories. I'll drive around. I'll make money. I'll, honestly, I'll make way more money doing that than what I was making previously at my previous employer. So I'm happy about that. And I'm going to continue to line up good interviews, good guests, interesting guests. And I'm also going to continue to do the replayables, which is um, I, I taped with uh, my buddy Garrett Bricker. We broke down Kanye West's graduation. Uh, I will have that for you next week. If you uh, are like, Benny T, what the hell is a replayable? Uh, if you've ever seen the rewatchables, you've ever heard the rewatchables, then uh, the Bill Simmons, The Ringer, right? They they rewatch movies. They kind of have categories. That's what we do with albums. Really good albums that just hit, that you can toss on, warm up, and just let it play all the way through. Uh, my buddy Aaron G and I did Drake's If You're Reading This, It's Too Late. I would encourage you to go and check that out if you haven't. Uh, you're a big Drake fan, big rap fan. And, so we're, and, and it's not just going to be rap. There's going to be house. There's going to be some rock. There's going to be some punk rock, honestly. Um, I don't know who I'm going to get and to do that, but I'm looking for passionate people that want to come and talk about and listen to an album together and run through categories and just talk about what that album meant to them and talk about a love for the music and just talk about passion and real shit, you know, real shit that's in the lyrics and, and just go with it. So uh, I'll get some punk rock in there. And, um, and like I said, still do some sports, right? But, but make it less about sports and make it more about all the interesting people and all the interesting things I'm told and hear riding and driving for Uber, okay? Um, and so I'm excited about that. And so, um, you know, here, final thing I'm going to say on this is uh, 
five years ago, I'm getting, you know, Instagram's great because it'll show you like your memories, right? From however many years ago that you posted something and you'd be like, oh yeah, that was awesome. Five years ago, literally today, June 2nd, uh, was my first day at Griffith College in Dublin, Ireland, where I just graduated and I was on a study abroad program to finish up my last six hours of college at uh, a school in Dublin, Ireland with nine women. It was nine women, myself, and um, <laughs> a Grateful Dead hippie journalism teacher. And I fucking love her. I love you, Khaki, okay? Um, but it was, it was awesome, man. And then I did solo traveling after that. That was five years ago. So I, I went to Europe. I did that thing. I came back, didn't know what I was going to do, got super depressed about it. But then I moved out to California. I always said I wanted to move out west. I did that, worked out there in sales, crushed it, lived there for about three years, quit my job, moved back, traveled across country in a car with my mom, but came back. I was like, I'm going to do this sports radio thing, sat down, pitched it, sold it, got Four Roses on, got a couple other sponsorships, did it for a year. And now that was five years, man, just like that gone. Five years. It's crazy. But now I'm looking ahead to the future and I'm like, all right, what's my five-year plan? Like, look what I just accomplished in five years. And when I start to get down on myself, I'm like, Benny Thee, look, look what you just did, dude. Like in, in the last five years, that's pretty, that's a pretty fucking great run, kid. Okay. Now what are you going to do? Now it's, now I got another five years and, um, you know, I'm going to give this a year or two and try to build this and, and make this a legitimate business. And hopefully that'd be dope, right? It starts to pick up nationally. I also think that because I'm not just doing sports, it won't alienate women from listening. These are stories and people and, uh, you know, that, that, that compel anybody, I think. Because uh, I'm a pretty good storyteller, I must say myself, okay? <laughs> but I, I'm like, this, is, this, this, could, this could reach a lot of people and this could catch on. And I believe it will because it's, 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 it's going to be real. It's going to be raw. Um, and I promise to never give you anything less than that. But I'm like, do it for a year or two and see where it leads you. And maybe, you know, you're moving to a bigger city to, to like have more interest. Because eventually I'm going to run out of stories here, right? I mean, eventually it's, you can only do so much in, in a mid, mid city like Louisville is, like a mid market, right? So maybe eventually I move to a bigger city and then I, it, it, the, the juice will have been way sweeter at that point because it's like, I'm not here. I, I didn't just move to like Oregon to take a job. I didn't just move to California or, or Texas or New York just to like take some job just to move to that state, no matter what the job was. I'm actually doing something that I'm happy. And I'm that that lifestyle is being supported and provided by by me doing something that I'm happy. So I don't know. I, I hope it catches on and uh we got a long way to go. We got a long way to go. Uh we still have a long way to go on this podcast, okay? And so I am going to spend some time, a lot of time talking about what went down in Louisville over the last four or five days, uh, what I've been seeing over the last four or five days around the rest of the country, some conversations I've been having, some thoughts that I want to leave you guys with and kind of uh, and poke at, right? And then also, I've got to get to the Uber stories. I got to get to the Uber stories, right? Because I got four or five really good ones, and that's what I'll end with. But uh, before I get to any of that, I got to shout out my sponsor, Four Roses Bourbon. You know, they say that winning deserves a worthy reward. So you should celebrate life's wins with Four Roses family of award-winning bourbons. Do me a favor. Sit back. Relax. Take a sip and savor the victory. Learn more at fourrosesbourbon.com. Be mellow 
Be responsible, my friends. I need some new copy, by the way. I need some new copy because we're going to have to change things up a little bit, that messaging, just a little bit uh, with with this new kind of direction that we're taking things. But uh, we'll, we'll get to that point and, you know, it's it's irrelevant. It, and and honestly, guys, listen, I am, I'm sorry that it took me 53 minutes just, just about to get to this. Um, obviously not having said anything really for a month coming on here and, and having just a, kind of an, a word vomit, uh, is, is kind of where we've gone. Coordinated word vomit, right? Orchestrated word vomit. I would like to think. Okay. Um, but all of it is irrelevant and all of it, it pales in comparison to what we're about to spend some time talking about, which is George Floyd, which is Breonna Taylor, which is police brutality, which is systematic racism. It's oppression. It's been going on for years. It's happened in our city of Louisville. I fucking love this city, man. And it breaks my heart. It, it, honestly, it honestly breaks my heart when I got to see people in our community that are so at odds with one another that no one's willing to listen, that no one is, is willing to actually lend a helping hand. And people are, right? But like, it's, it's depressing to me. It's sad to me that we're still in a place, you know, 70 years after Emmett Till and 30 years almost after Rodney King, and we're still seeing black people killed by white police officers and people of color being discriminated against and people still shitting on Colin Kaepernick. You know what's so fucking funny is all the people that always had, you know, the, the anti-Kaepernick stance that, you know, I, I don't... You know, listen, I, I, I don't really know about what he's talking about, or I agree with what he's saying. Like, he makes good points, but you just can't kneel for the national anthem. Like, just pick a better venue. Like, okay, so he can't kneel. He can't do any of these other things. There's no way that, that people are, that, that are opposed to hearing the message and actually listening, there's no way that, there's no right way to do it. People don't want to hear it. And that's fucked up because there are people in our country, there are people in our community, my friends, your friends, people you know, people you work with, people you might not even realize that are hurting. Every time something like this happens, they got to turn on the news and they see it. It's a re-traumatization. It's, 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 it's trauma every single time. And it's, I, I can't. I can't relate to this because I'm I'm a white male, okay? I I I am a privileged white male. I live in Prospect. I am the definition of, of the privileged white male, okay? And I've done a great job of diversifying my friends, of being a worldly man, of traveling, of accepting others no matter what. Unless they're a fucking dick and asshole, right? But but then but like I give everybody a chance. And I wish I, I wish that's I wish that's the world we live in. Unfortunately, it's not, right? Unfortunately, it's not. And it's just I think about I think about what privilege means. I think about what it means to to be a white male. And we had a discussion a couple. This is several several weeks ago, but we we were having a discussion. My family was at dinner one night. And that, that question came up, what is, what is privilege? What is white privilege? And I said that it's, 
It's getting the benefit of the doubt every single time. It's never being questioned, where are you going? What are you doing? Who do you know here? Who are you with? Because when you do that, and when that builds up time and time again, and black people and people of color are made to feel as if going to the store to get some Skittles or jogging down the fucking street is something that they shouldn't be doing, and you got somebody that's you got somebody that's asking you, like, where are you going? What are you doing? You're constantly made to feel as if you're in the wrong, as if you're doing something wrong, as if you're doing you shouldn't be doing. And it's so funny, you know, I, I grew up with a racist grandmother, right? And my racist grandmother used to say, she was bigoted. She was, she was, she's an old racist Italian woman. You got I'm not here to make uh, defenses for her. Um, I think a lot of people came to this country and it was theirs, you know, theirs versus the rest. Irish versus Italians versus Jewish people versus black people. And, and it's terrible to, to think about it that way. But um, she was very pro-Italian, anti-everybody else. And she would always say, I remember growing up and she would say, you know, people, we would be watching the news or something. She would say, you know, the news would be talking about somebody getting carjacked or somebody getting robbed or somebody getting shot and killed. And she would always say, well, you know, they were probably doing something they shouldn't have been doing, you know, or she'd say they should have known better. And to say that and to grow up hearing that, I never subscribed to that belief. I always took an anti-stance against my grandmother. I still do. She's a very hateful person, okay? Uh, real talk. Um, but to say all those things is to say, I assume black people are perpetually up to no good. And being a white man and getting the benefit of the doubt, that's what privilege is. That's what privilege is. To me, at least. I, I can remember, I, man... I have a lot of best friends. Two of my closest best friends are black. And I can remember two instances. And this is the closest thing that I'll ever understand. This is my experience with it. Being with them and being stereotyped and being treated differently and host like with, with such hostility. Just asking just, where are you from? What are you doing down here? Being in high school and being with my buddies and being questioned by police, them being questioned, me being questioned just the same because I'm with them. And that's my experience with it. And it's like, fuck that. If I was with my white friends, you'd be talking to me like we're buddy buddy. Or you just wouldn't be talking to me at all because you'd have no reason to be talking to me. You wouldn't stop and pat me down. You wouldn't stop and frisk me. You wouldn't question where I was going. You wouldn't question what I was wearing. If I was wearing a hoodie, it wouldn't be, that must be a thug. Like, that's bullshit, man. That's bullshit. Privilege is always getting the benefit of the doubt. There's been, uh, and, and, and so when I see, it's like shit changes, but shit stays the same. You know what I mean? You ever heard anybody say that? Shit changes, but shit still stays the same. That's like, we make incremental progress in this country. And we feel like, you know, it's been so many months since, since the last death, right? Since the last kind of major thing, since Ferguson. It's been however many years since Ferguson. And then you get to something else and it brings you right back to that trauma. It brings you right back to that trauma. And for my black friends and for my friends of, that are people of color, 
it makes you think, man, is this always going to, is this how it's always going to be? Am I always going to have to worry about going to the movies or, you know, walking up on somebody and they get spooked and they just, they spaz out. I don't know what the fuck they're going to do. That's what's saddening. That's what's disheartening. My heart breaks for those people. Okay. And, and they're my friends. A lot of them are my friends. My experience is different. It always has been. It always will be. But I feel with you. I grieve with you. Exactly the same. My heart breaks. I don't, I, I don't want to see... I, man, I, I am such a subscriber to ELE. Everybody love everybody. Shout out Jackie Moon. Shout out Max Steinfeld. It's one of those things that I, I just want everybody to get along. It's why I'm such a fucking festival culture person now. We're going to these festivals and you're just surrounded by people that are just there to have a good time. Just people that are hanging out, that are down. And, and it's not about like them versus us or me versus them. It's just everybody's here to have a good time, man. And that's what I want to bring in life is a good time. I want, I, I want to be inclusive. I want to bring people together. A fucking world-class glue guy over here, all right? And so when I see people like President Trump and I see people like Alex Jones and I see people like that that are just dividing this country, it's really unfortunate. It's, it's really fucking it's shitty. And there are way too many racists. Covert, there's, there's covert racism and there's overt racism, right? Overt racism being, I'm going to kill somebody just because of the, of the color of their skin. Covert racism being the systematic oppression. Covert racism being the code words and the language that racists use to keep people down. Um, it's, I had a guy in my car the other night, right? A guy just moved here from Chicago. And he's telling me about how in Chicago, they put up all of these, ca- these traffic lights, these red camera lights. And they put them in the black neighborhoods. They don't really put them in a whole lot of white neighborhoods, but you better believe that they're in the black neighborhoods. What happens is, guy said he had 12 of them. 12. And I'm like, damn, you crazy driver. And he's like, no, bro. Like, here's what happens. The cops snap a photo of our license place. They say they're speeding. They say we're speeding. Maybe we are. Maybe sometimes they're just being dicks, right? Who could believe that a cop could be a dick? Oh, my God. Right? Uh, <laughs> and so. They get these things in the mail, but here's the thing. They have 30 days to respond to it. And if they haven't paid it in 30 days or, or shown up for their court date, then they have no idea it's going on. And so they're like, well, I got the thing a week ago. Now I'm trying to scramble to get the funds to pay this fucking thing. It's tough. And you know what happens if they don't pay it in 30 days? It doubles. And you know what happens when they don't pay it within another set, set of days? like a um, after that, it triples. He's like, man, I, I just couldn't afford it because they're tagging me all the damn time. I know a chick that had five of them. My brother had four more. And that's, 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 that's systematic oppression. That's systematic racism. Think of it as a fucking game of Monopoly, man. Think about if you were playing Monopoly, and this is a great, now, and, and this is where like, and, and this is why I like doing this. Like, I was a journalism major. I was a sociology major as well. I got a double major in it. And I remember this really awesome game that we played. And if you don't believe that black people have these things that they deal with, do me a favor. I'm sure that you could find it. Uh, it's a great exercise in, in, in learning about society and race. And, but 
play Monopoly and and there's a white version of it and a black version of it. And we did this as a class at the University of Kentucky. It was so fucking interesting because the black players or the players that were deemed black, right? They would have to go to jail way more often. They would have like the they would draw the cards that would say car breakdown, student books stolen, and they would have to pay money. And the white players, right? The the people that were deemed the white players would get bonuses or they would get breaks. They would skate through without ever having to go to jail. They wouldn't have to mortgage properties or or do any of that kind of stuff. They had higher salaries. That is systematic oppression. That is systematic racism. And police brutality, what we've seen break out over the last couple of days in this city, in so many other cities, and, and now it's not just United States of America. There's protests that are happening all over the world. People watch what happens in America first. We set the tone. What does it say about us that we've got an asshole president that just turns the lights off and go hide, goes to hide in a bunker after three or four years of inciting World War III on fucking Twitter and then shit hits the fan and he goes to hide and he turns out all the lights and I'm going to take my little pizza, my fucking hamburgers and go down. Like, come on, man. Get a grip. That's, that's, that's what we're talking about. Police brutality, killing people, kneeling on someone's fucking neck for almost nine minutes. It, 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 it makes me, it makes me, it makes me outraged. And I'm not talking about fake social media outrage. I mean, put me in a fucking ring with Derek Chauvin and give us some gloves, and I, I'm, I'm going to fucking try to kill the guy. That's how mad it makes me. People like that. People that defend him. People that want to talk about all these other things. It's like, man, that's not what we're talking about right now. We're talking about important shit. We're talking about black people dying. I'm talking about my friends being scared when they drive down the street and go to the gas station because they don't fucking know who's going to be power tripping or who's out there just fucking stereotyping it's so ugly and it's it's gotta change man it's gotta change and it starts with starts with young people it starts with older people who are willing to listen and change and not be so rigid and hear people out and not just what you see on social media but actually get out into your community go to a march go to a protest go stand where there's a community Q&A and listen to what people have to say. Don't just think it's the libs whining on social media and 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 for, you know, my my left-leaning listeners, don't just think it's your boomer uncle that's just spouting his Fox News again like there has to be meaningful dialogue to bring us together. It's not going to happen while President Trump is in office. We can try our hardest. I think people are. But until Trump is out, that's why it's so important to have leaders that, that unify. You know, I'll say this. I'm kind of all over the place politically. I liked Barack Obama. I was young enough to where I really wasn't up to date on the Bush administration. All I remember about George Bush really besides like the obvious like, you know, the book reading thing and, and, and just kind of getting roasted on, you know, different, uh, <laughs> different ways, right? George Bush doesn't care about black people. Um, I remember how 
proud I was to be an American when 9-11 happened and watching George Bush stand and talk and address the nation and I'm in third grade and I felt like I looked up to somebody. I had somebody to look up to. I'm like, he is right now making me feel better and I think he's making America feel better. Barack Obama inherited the country at the tail end and at the very beginning, very beginning I should say, of the greatest financial meltdown in world history. And I don't know how the quarantine is going to you know, stack up to that highest unemployment rates that we've ever seen. But George, uh, excuse me, Barack Obama inherits this country that's in fucking shambles. And yet through all of it, through all of it, through him empowering his own people, but also bridging a gap between white and black people and, and selling something that we all fucking need, especially now, is hope. Is hope. I hope that it gets better. You know? I hope that I, I hope that we don't I, I hope that I don't have to deal with this stuff and and see this stuff. And I and and I say that and my experience is so it pales into comparison in into what my black friends and my my you know my brown friends and my Asian friends and it's it's nothing compared to them. It's nothing. I I hope it gets better. I think it can. I think it starts with meaningful dialogue and I think it starts with with also like not shaming people all the time. I think we live in a cancel culture right now that is it's the antithesis of of healthy debate and I think when you know it's like I was a little bit worried and and I'm I'm honestly a little bit even worried right now because it took me way longer to get into this stuff than I thought it would and again I apologize for that. It's been a month since I've been on and I'm not saying that any one thing that I've talked about is more important uh, outside. Like, I, uh, let me back up. Uh, police brutality and the killing of people of color in this country is way more important than anything else that I'm going to talk about on this podcast. I apologize that it took me 50, 50 something minutes to get to it, right? But like, I see a lot of this happening. Is I see some people being silent. Here's the thing about silence. Uh, you know, I've I've been uh, told that white silence is white violence. Okay. Here's the thing. Uh, I do agree. People that have platforms should speak up. You should speak up and, and say the right thing. Do the right thing. Okay? It's hard, to, it's hard to tell sometimes what saying the right thing means. You think you're going to say the right thing, and you don't. Ryan Rosillo and Bill Simmons sat down to do a podcast, and I thought that at some points, it was very heartfelt and meaningful, and other points... It's just like read the room a little bit, you know. You you kind of sound tone deaf a little bit, and and I hope that my I mean my biggest hope here is that the first fifty three minutes, um, not talking about what we're talking about now, uh, is 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 going to be like if the, if that's okay, you know, because I think what what's been happening over the last four or five days, is people that don't post anything or people that are posting other things other than this. It's like they're getting crushed for it. And you know what? When, it, when you're the CEO of a big company, when you own a sports team, when you're an athlete, when you have, you know, like the TikTokers who are getting shit on for not saying anything, which is very valid because fuck you for not using your platform to help people, okay? I think it's important for those people to speak up. And their silence, it is deafening. Okay? Silence is complicity in so many ways. But I also don't agree with this this thing that people are doing where 
Just because every single person from your high school or your sorority or your fraternity or your college or your workplace isn't not only speaking up on on social media, but also like some people are speaking up and not everybody's meant to not everybody's meant to be a public speaker. Some people don't know what to say. Some people are just kind of like befuddled by it. Other people, I think, are turned off because they don't want to talk. They don't want to get canceled. They don't want to get canceled. And so I think you have got a, pe- a number of people that are like, man, I, I, I don't want to say the wrong thing, but I feel like I need to say something because if I don't say anything, I'm going to get crushed and called out, right, for my silence, but I don't want to say the wrong thing and sound insensitive or say something on social media that I think like is coming off a certain way, but I'm not a fucking writer. I'm not an expert on rhetoric, and I don't really understand how this is going to come off. And then they fire something out that they think they're just trying to be helpful and, 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 and constructive, and uh, it, it ends up backfiring on them completely. And I've seen that happen. So I, and, 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 and we just live in, a, we live in a cancel culture in a society where you, know, you bury somebody and you move on. Um, and it's unfortunate, you know? But I, I couldn't sit still any longer. I couldn't sit here and wait any longer. I didn't want to be, so I'm doing this, and, and also now that we're, it's, it's almost 1, 1 a.m. Uh, Wednesday morning, but, you know, Tuesday, yesterday, at this point, was uh, Blackout Tuesday, and, you know, when Coney 2012 came around, I never really subscribed to it. I was not a Coney 2012 guy, just because, at that point, I was calling bullshit and hypocrisy on everybody. And I know it was like this great awareness to bring to, um, you know, to bring to the cause. Uh, but I also felt that for the first time, I was witnessing something that we see now, which was virtue signaling, which is all these people that had no idea about what was going on posting about it. I'm like, hmm, okay, interesting. Well, today, yesterday, was Blackout Tuesday, where everyone was posting a blacked out image and basically muting themselves, basically muting themselves. And that's what today was about. Okay. And I posted it. And of course I posted my thoughts over the weekend and, 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 and tweeted some things and put some stuff out on Instagram and Facebook because I want people to know that like, I see it, I acknowledge it. I understand it to the best of my ability as a privileged white male. I'm just here to help, to help. I'm here to be an ally and have meaningful conversation even if it's uncomfortable, even at the risk of saying something that might not sound too crisp or, or you know, cleaned up in a PR newsroom somewhere, and at the risk of getting canceled, like, I, fuck it, man, at least I know I'm being real with you all, right? But I wanted to do more. I didn't want to be somebody that was just posting stuff to post stuff. I, I, don't, I don't have a ton of discretionary income, okay? I did make a donation, but I'm not, you know... To, sitting here saying that to pat myself on the back like I just wanted to do more and be more for all the people that I love and and consider my friends and family that are affected by this more than I am as a white man and I wanted to reach out and I wanted to do something more than just because anybody can post that stuff and it is important and like I encourage that and it's it's what's needed right um but I also just I I don't know I wanted to do more so I I got you know Two of my really good friends, actually a friend of mine that I, I went to 
the University of Kentucky with, hadn't seen him in five years. Hadn't seen my friend Jaquel in five years. But I knew that I wanted to go down there today. I grabbed Aaron G, and we met up with Jaquel and my girlfriend Maddie, and we went down there, and we stood, and, and we were we gathered right in front of the courthouse. And I just, I, that, that's, that's literally, and that was my thing is like, today is Blackout Tuesday. I'm coming here to listen. I just want to listen. Like I asked myself, what am I hoping to accomplish here? I just want to listen and I want to hear. And I just want to hear what real people have to say. And I want to show my solidarity with the people, that I'm a man of the people. I'm down with the fucking cause, man. I stand with y'all, not them. And what I learned today, what I learned today is that change is slow, okay? Change doesn't happen overnight. And I, I guess I didn't really learn that one today. Um, but I learned that the, the, the importance of muting ourselves today as white people and as anybody else that participated in Blackout Tuesday, it was to elevate black voices and black stories and black experiences so that we can better understand them or at least hope to better understand them. And to believe black people. Like it's important to believe women. Right? This is what we're talking about, man. This is real talk. There was a lady that, white lady, middle of the crowd. It was great. Mayor Fisher, I guess, was literally walking down the street. Somebody was like, hey, Mayor Fisher, come answer a couple questions. Guy's like, okay. Comes over, does a community Q&A for about 20, 30 minutes. It was actually awesome. We, we went down there few hours, got to see that. That was dope, right? Participated in that. You know how I know people want better? That it's not a world of just fucking Twitter bots? We're talking about what's next. White lady, middle of the crowd, stands up and says, tell me, tell me. I'm a white lady from the East End. I just showed up. I want to do more. Tell me what to do. And, and, and the way that she said it, man, it was so just... It was desperate for change. It was so powerful. It was just, tell me, tell me. Like, and I think that's what so many people, whether they have a good job, they do a good job of expressing that on social media, whether they do a good job of expressing that to their friends and their family, or, or, or whether they just keep that in and that's a voice inside their head that's going, tell us what to do, man. Tell us what to do because we, we want to do more. I want to do more. I want to use my platform and my privilege for good. I want to be a unifier rather than a divider. And when I heard that lady saying that, and she's like, just tell me, tell me, like, just searching, man. And my black people who are down there that are just distraught, distraught that here we are again after so many years of this. Here we are again. That's what it's about, man. It's about wanting to do more. The other thing that really stuck out from Mayor Fisher's community Q&A was... Somebody got on the microphone and said that, you know, a police officer is supposed to serve as a guardian, not as a warrior. And I think it's really tough when you look at the military and they, or excuse me, the police, who could tell the fucking difference? There you go. Who could tell the difference? Who could tell the difference anymore? The police look like military. Just without the camo. The guns, the shields, the, the freaking... The legs, the, 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 the shin, I don't even know what the fuck they're called. They're just like hard shell bad, 
bad dudes, like badasses, like walking around look like badasses and all that equipment. How could you not? Even the fattest, porky little fucking pig looks like a badass in one of those suits, right? I mean, it, uh, but it's like, who could tell the difference? They look like military. And they're supposed to be there as guardians to protect and serve, not as warriors, not to come in and tear gas people and wage war against people and hit people in the head and kick girls down steps and all the crazy shit that we've seen this weekend and, 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 and throughout you know, what, what's been half of the week already. And I think people forget that. At least it's easy to do when you turn on the news and you see the police and you can't tell the difference anymore if that's military or, or cops. I also want to point this out, and I think this is really important too. You know, I, as a journalism student, I was taught and mentored by a gay black man, Mel Coffey. Stand-up fucking guy. Love that guy. Love you, Mel. But taking upper division journalism classes on top of the sociology classes that I was taking, like I came to understand different experiences very quickly. I heard very, very liberal voices, okay? Imagine the far left wingers in a sociology class on a college campus. Yeah, it's it it it's 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 out there a little bit, okay? And I love it. I love it. I'm I love all people, okay? Most people. But as a journalism student, you know, sociology taught me people. Journalism taught me listening to people. Journalism taught me the importance of people and the importance and the power that words and images have and how our words and images can be used as weapons and, and to divide people, but also how they can be used how they can be used to heal and, and unite. I learned why image selection is everything. Because the perpetuation of stereotypes is what fuels ignorance and bias, confirmation bias. When I scroll down Twitter and I see that there's some article talking about six people arrested, but they're only showing the one black guy, I go, hmm, that's interesting. Five white people, one black guy, they're going to show the black guy every time. That's comp- that's that's. That's a perpetuation of a stereotype. People look at that on the news, ingrained in their beliefs. They say, yep, well, what's new? Fuck you. That's what I have to say to that. But the language is important. And I say all of that to say this. There's a difference between the protesters and the looters. The protesters are the people that I sit with today that are peaceful, that are focused on change, that are focused on being heard and hearing others and giving people a platform. That's what protests are, peaceful protests. I got teary-eyed as fuck watching one of those videos this weekend circulate where a massive field, it was an overhead shot, probably from a helicopter, right? Massive field with people all ages, all colors, laying hundreds of them, maybe even thousands, I don't know, on their stomachs, hands behind their back for, for nearly nine minutes. That shit is powerful. It's moving. That's protest. But I'll tell you what's not, and I'll tell you what's not a protester's problem either. Dude, these protesters aren't the ones that are running up in fucking Target and, and tearing out 
Chase Bank ATMs and wearing masks. I saw one fucking clown, white guy, super long hair, Vietnam Rocky looking jacket, wearing a movie grade Joker mask from when they robbed the bank, right? And from the Dark Knight, who's literally out there lighting cop cars on fire. Some people, and it's sick. It's really fucking sick, and fuck you, okay? But some people get out there, and they see this as the purge. They see, the, they, they, they see this as their opportunity to get out there and act the fucking fool and do whatever sick fantasies and live out whatever sick fantasies that they've been doing on Call of Duty or whatever the fucking games that they play nowadays. I don't know. I'm in, I'm in, 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 NCAA 14 for life. That's it. That's it. But they see this as an opportunity to go out there. And listen, hey, man, I love breaking glass. I'm not going to say just as much as the next guy because I love it a thousand times more than the next guy. Breaking glass is therapeutic. I I fucking love it. It's one of my favorite things in the world, okay? Top 10, certainly. Breaking glass, the sound of breaking glass. But you know what I didn't do? I didn't run down there just because I would have had a free pass and I probably wouldn't have gotten caught to break a shit ton of glass. Because you know what happens? Images are powerful, my friends. White looters, white people that are doing that, if I would have done that, how fucking stupid would that have been? Because you know who it hurts? It hurts the black people. It hurts the black people in the eyes of Americans watching the news where the news only shows you the black people that were doing it. It's been, depending on what you watch, I I certainly have seen white people looting on the news. But, you know, you go to Fox News, you go to some of these fucking, you, you see this shit pop up on your Facebook um, and it's just like, that's, that's not the whole story. And these images are powerful. And when you're just showing black people running up in a store when there honestly are, are just as much white people doing it too, then what are you really doing other than perpetuating a nasty stereotype so that Karens of the world are sitting at home in their fucking rocking chair going, yep. Knew it. Like, fuck that. Fuck that. And as a journalism student, I know I'm not really a big J journalist, right? And for the most part, local news stations do a really good job of of being unbiased, but like sometimes they get it wrong. That's fine, right? It's not fine, but like they're not intentionally doing it like the hate groups and the Alex Joneses of the worlds and where it gets to a nasty place. There's, there's power in words, just like there's power in images, saying that people, all people are looting. No, no, no. There's a difference, man. There's a difference between the people protesting peacefully, and there's a difference between the people that are seeing an opportunity to go fucking ape shit and run up in places and, and, and steal a bunch of stuff. And I think that people need to be very careful about the words that you use, and certainly the images that you used. I also thought this was really stupid, and I, and I said this multiple times this weekend. The people that were saying, you know, like sometimes something will get said, people run with it. Everybody was saying that, you know, I got a text from, I'm not going to out the person, but I got a text saying, be careful tonight. I hear that out-of-town protesters are coming. You know, they're, they're coming here to start trouble. And 
I even said to this extent, I said, you know, uh, four or five days into this thing on Sunday night when it didn't, didn't look like it was going to slow down, the thing that I did say and, and had this conversation as, as part of this larger conversation was, you know, it, it scares me when it goes on multiple days because it gives it does give people more time to come in from out of town. The Antifas and the far right wing bullshit hate groups, the neo-Nazis, the people that come here and see this as a battleground for a fucking PR campaign that are going to take this video and sell it to their base and 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 try to make um, something completely about themselves or about something else. And it's just, that's not what we're doing here, guys. It's not what we're fucking doing here, okay? But the thing is, the thing that I kept on saying is everybody was like, oh, these out-of-town protesters, out-of-town... And I, and I stopped and I went, you know what? That sounds so dumb. Like, that sounds so dumb. Because you know what it says? That's basically to believe that there would be these massive buses that were getting dumped downtown and that people were flocking to Louisville, Kentucky to come and protest here is to believe that there wouldn't be people in our community, in our backyard, streets away, communities away, neighborhoods away from us that have a legitimate reason to be pissed off. Saying that it's out-of-town people coming here to do this stuff, be careful because there's out-of-town protesters, is basically to deny and to refuse to acknowledge and to ignore, either by choice, willfully, or ignorantly, that there are people here that are pissed off, that are hurt, that are fucking devastated, that are heartbroken. And those people matter. And black lives matter. And then you know what I saw? Like a day or two, like, I mean, I think it was yesterday, I was on, I was on Twitter, I know, I spent so much fucking time there. That's why I'm such an expert on it, actually. But I saw, I think it was WLKY, they posted a... Uh, they posted something saying that 73 out of 87 people who were arrested for peacefully protesting and were arrested during the riots were locals, were from here. And I went, oh my, oh, oh, oh. Called that. Really? There aren't people that are pissed off here that are going to be peacefully protesting and maybe getting a little rowdy after things go, go dark? And they're getting shot out by, by tear gas and rubber bullets in the eyeballs, gas mask. There aren't people here in our city that are outraged at what's going on and, and, and the police brutality and the systematic oppression and racism that's been going on in this country for hundreds of years. Come on, man. That's so fucking naive. And honestly, that's, that's just that's putting your head in the sand. And again, refusing to acknowledge that these things exist around us. To believe that people would be coming in from out of town. And like I said, like there are, I I know I know that there were some people that were here from out of town, certainly. And in the bigger cities, in the New Yorks and the Bay Areas and the Texases, you start to get that, that where where the groups will show up because it's a showdown for them. And it's their chance to fucking market and and recruit new members and it's and it's sick. It's sick. But to just sit there and 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 just believe this false narrative that it was just going to be out of town protesters is is to fail to acknowledge that there are people here that are hurt. And you know what? The thing with 
I listen. I hate that businesses are being destroyed by this. I don't think that the answer to this is to run up in a business and steal a bunch of stuff. Okay? I don't think that helps anything. I don't think that progresses the conversation along at all. I don't think it it I, I just don't it, it just it's just not very productive, okay? But I'm never gonna criticize somebody for the way that they choose to protest and the way that they choose to riot in those in those cases. Because you know what? Black people tried to have this conversation. America wasn't ready. Colin Kaepernick took a knee in 2016. I lived in the Bay Area at the time. I was fucking there, man. The Trump election thing, I was in the Bay. And thank fucking God I was. I didn't have to hear all these Kentucky boomer takes. Okay? Bad enough I got to hear them all the time. But thank God that I at least wasn't there during all of that. And I was out there where it was actually celebrated and, and, and culturally applauded, right? Thank God. But I saw that all go down. And you know what? Colin taking a knee? Yeah, maybe he's a backup quarterback in the league. Maybe the reason that he hasn't been signed by any other team is because no one wants to deal with all of that. I hope he gets a second chance through all of this because if anything, Kaepernick's coming out on this side of it looking pretty fucking good. I mean, you talk about something that's aged well, taking a knee during the national anthem and protesting? And you're telling me that you're going to make up all these other excuses and move the goalposts for why other forms of peaceful protest aren't okay or, or protest? It's like, listen, you know what, what used to happen to me as a kid? Right? To me as a kid, when I would when I would be, you know, like asking for something or 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 I, I felt that I wasn't being heard, you know what I would do? Instead of continuing to ask politely, I might throw a little temper tantrum. I might throw some against the wall. I might break some shit. If it gets people to pay attention to me, right? <laughs> Imagine my little ADHD ass. Oh my God, I was a fucking monster. But listen, when you feel exhausted, when you feel tired, when you feel anger, when you feel outraged, when you feel invisible and unheard and unimportant and, and, and disenfranchised, you know what you do? You don't turn the other cheek, man. You don't turn the other cheek. Nice for fucking what? You start a movement. You carry the movement. And that means maybe throwing a little temper tantrum, right? Maybe breaking some shit. Because you tried it the other way, it didn't work. Fell on deaf ears. People weren't wanting to listen. Yeah, it's unfortunate that shit's been broken. It's unfortunate that shit's been spray painted. But you know what else is unfortunate? Racism. Police brutality. Killing of unarmed black people in this country. And the fucking people that benefit from the status quo, that are too uncomfortable to even think about these things, that sit there and want to make a bunch of excuses without digging into any facts, you're a fucking owl, man. You're a sheep. You're a sheep. You're told what to think, you're spoon fed your ideas, and you fucking don't contribute whatsoever. Society doesn't need people like that. Society needs people to speak up. Speak up. Speak up. Stand up. Head down, fist up. That's what it's about, man. So you know what? 
everything that's happened over the last few days, the last several days. What else do you, what 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 else do you expect? You know, what else can you expect when you've tried again and 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 you're not getting through? It's not sinking in. It's not loud enough. It's not clear enough. Even though it is, some people it's not. What do you do? You might say it a little louder. You might be a little bit more upset. You might break some shit. Who knows? Now, I have a a couple other things that I want to get to, okay? Something I need to apologize for, and I've never done this before. This is the very first time that I'm having this discussion, okay? This is real talk. This is what we do, all right? And also, finally, uh... About four or five pretty good Uber stories. This is going to be about a two-hour podcast, I think, when we're, when I'm done uh, post-production and everything like that. But it's rolling, and and it's real, and it's raw, and I fucking love it. So, and I hope you do too. That's the most important thing. And if you do, and if you do, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. I I just got onto Spotify, so I'm not really sure like what what. Uh, you know, the, the the deal is there yet, but if you're a Spotify person, please go ahead, follow along, leave me a review. I love to read that stuff. It's encouraging. I, I love it. As I continue to do more Uber stories and do more great interviews and do more replayables, I think I think this is going to grow into something that, that people really like. Um, and I'm going to use this platform for good. And, and I'm going to give you that real talk. And um, real talk is what I need to get, get to right now, okay? Because uh, I, I want to go back so that I can go forward on something really quickly. But um, today, or yesterday at this point, was Black Tuesday, right? Blackout Tuesday. And what that meant was muting yourself so that black stories, black voices, black experiences could be elevated and that really there was no other reason. And like the, the people that were posting stuff that was just like outside of like like on Twitter, right? So there were some reporters that were... Ha- they. Like there was like a new thing with the NFL or like college football. And so they, they have to send out that tweet because that's their job. But on Instagram, if you're sending out pictures of you on a boat with a Make America Great Make America Great Again hat on, like I'm just unfollowing you because that's like that's not what we're talking about today, man. And people I, this is really tough for me too, because I've got a friend of mine, Alan Ducker, great fucking dude, stand up guy, used to be a police officer in Easley, South Carolina, right? And my man Ducker is, he, he subscribes to that same uh, uh, ELE. Everybody love everybody. Your vibe attracts your tribe. He's a good ass dude. I've never met his wife, but I know that she's, if she's with him, then she's a, she's a stand-up chick as well, okay? Um, and it's tough because he's my friend and he's posting a lot of stuff about not necessarily saying, I don't think he said police lives matter in its own post. But basically just tweeting a lot of stuff that's like showing the police and, and, and black people or protesters that are hugging it out and like really uplifting, still pro-police stuff, but focusing on the right messaging at least. But the people who are posting the all, all lives matter and cop lives matter, it's just like, dude, come on, man. That's, that's not what we're talking about. Like, yes, obviously, obviously all lives matter, but that's not the conversation today. And that brings me to something that I've never been able to apologize for and I never have apologized for until now. You want some real talk? Let me take you back, okay? In January, Kobe Bryant died. It was fucking tragic. Him, his daughter, others on the helicopter went down 
and I sent off a tweet that was so fucking stupid and so, wow, fuck this guy that even I hated myself more than you all ever could, okay? And I'm sorry. I am so fucking sorry. You have no idea how much I wanted to come on air at the time when I got back from my suspension and apologize it, own it, and move on. Because that's the only thing you can do when you step in it and when you say something that's stupid, okay, or do something that's stupid, the only thing that you can do is say, guys, my bad, I fucked up, this was dumb, I understand why it was dumb, I promised to do better, let me go to work and prove to you that I'm not a massive piece of shit. That's all I wanted to be able to say on air. But the guy that owns Big X was so scared that the comments being made off air, and I understand what he was saying to this point. He's like, look, you made the comments on Twitter. I don't want you to come on air and apologize for it. Even though a bunch of people that, A, never listened to the show before when I came back and did my first show back, but B, had been listening and were expecting something more than, than, than the nothing burger that I served up. And trust me, guys, it fucking killed me. It fucking killed me. And we fought, I, I fought with them up until the minute that I had to go on air about it and try to voice my position. And ultimately, I got a boss. He owns a station. What can I say? He was so scared that a potential advertiser or an advertiser that potentially hadn't seen the tweet or had no idea would then hear that and then back out. And at the time, losing a sponsor was, was a really big deal. Now, the business has been shut down for a couple months with COVID, and, and so who the fuck knows, right? <laughs> who knows, right? But like, I didn't have that chance, and I didn't want to just come back on social media because at that point, it was like, well, I, I don't know. I, I can't do this in, a, in just a tweet. I can't apologize for this, and you guys can't tell my tone, and it's, it's just, I, I can't do it. I can't do it, and I had to wear that, and I got... You know, people told me to kill myself. The tweet, if you're wondering, I'm man. Let me just explain to you. I'm on an airplane. I'm going out on a trip. I land. Okay. First thing I see, I'm standing in the aisle to get up, and the first thing I see is Kobe Bryant dead and others dead in a plane crash. I mean, it's like 12 minutes old. This tweet, and you know what? The first thing that I did was, I tried to be douchey punchy person that I fucking hate on Twitter. I tried to be that because I was so far removed from everything and I was just in a totally different headspace and I tried to make a joke about it that I honestly thought was going to like just be one of those things that you saw that like your friends DM you and it's like damn this is savage and I thought that that's what I was doing. It was so stupid and 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 and, and I wish I could take it back. I can't Okay. And the tweet said, I guess that settles the LeBron versus Kobe debate. Ouch. Too soon? Yes, you fucking moron. Too soon. What the fuck do you mean? <laughs> what are you talking about? Too soon. The guy literally, it was tweeted 12 minutes ago. That is, it, 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 it was so stupid. It was so tone deaf. It was so dumb, man. And I'm sorry. I'm, from the bottom of my heart, I'm sorry. Because if you know me, and like, that's the thing, like my friends that, that know me, like the people that, that piled on and I got piled on, and I got canceled and then they tried to cancel me. Um, but the people that didn't even know me were the ones saying, kill yourself, you piece of shit. Fuck you. Fire this fucking asshole. 
Like, yeah, I was an asshole. I am an asshole sometimes. Okay. Um, it was an asshole thing to say. And then going on air afterwards, not being able to apologize, that killed a piece of me. And that forever altered the relationship that I had with my boss for not letting me go on and, and, and own it and just saying, this is what people want, man. People want humility. And, and, and again, I don't hate Kobe Bryant. I don't hate Kobe Bryant's family. I was obviously devastated with, with everybody else. Maybe not obviously because I've said some stupid ass shit like that. But I was, man, I fucking loved Kobe. I, I fucking loved Kobe. And to say that at a time and to even bring up the notion of debating it at that point, it's like the people that are posting the All Lives Matter stuff. It's like, I know you're not a piece of shit, even though like if you're my friend, if you're some random internet guy, maybe maybe I'm not going to give you that benefit of the doubt. But I I like I know that, you know, you're not a piece of shit, but this just isn't what we're talking about, man. And if you can't focus on what we are, then just log off. Do better. Do better. And it's taken me, you know, 6 months to be able to even come to terms with with kind of that and 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 kind of get that out there, but I felt that it needed to be said. Uh, because I subscribe to this belief as well. And my friend uh, Thomas Neal actually was a professional baseball player. Um, I was doing these Friday favorite segments with the Louisville Bats back in 2014. And Thomas Neal told me there's three types of people in this world. Okay. Three types of people in this world. I'm sure you've heard a million different iterations of this, but but this is one that I had never heard of before. And, and I think it's really powerful and it's relevant to what I'm talking about right now. Three types of people in this world. The first third of people are people that love you no matter what. They are your fucking people. They're your family. They're your friends. They're people that you never, ever have to question where their loyalties lie. They would take a bullet for you. They would run through a brick wall for you. They would put you up on their couch with no end in sight. Those are your fucking people. That's the first third of people. The people that love you no matter what. The second third of people are people that hate you no matter what. You can be, and the way that he put it to me was, you could be the nicest guy in the world. You could donate $10 million to their charity and it wouldn't be enough. You could try to brighten their day and they're always going to find a reason to be pessimistic. You could literally bend over backwards trying to make this person like you. And something about them, whether it's pettiness or ugliness or jealousness, or resentment, whatever it is, them projecting, they're going to hate you no matter what. They hate you no matter what. And that's the second type of people, okay? But there is a final third of people, the third type of person. They're on the fence, man. They don't know about you. They might have heard. They might be curious. But they don't know what they think about you. And it's up to you to determine with your actions and your words and the way that you treat people if two-thirds of the people love you or two-thirds of the people hate you. Is that fucking powerful or what? Thomas fucking Neil, everybody. Dropped a bomb on my... I don't even know how old I was. 20... I guess 23 at the time, right? And I was just like, whoa, that's going to stick with me forever. That's going to stick with me forever. And unfortunately, you know what happens is when you have 
something like that Kobe Bryant thing come up and I said some dumbass shit and I'm sorry. You guys don't know. And, and here's the other thing is like the things that were said to me, the things that were said to me, trust me, you, you can't, you can't outdo me at my own game, okay? Nothing that was said to me was worse than the things that I, I was saying to myself at that time. And so I promise, I promise, um, it, 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 you know, I, I am my own worst enemy, right? There's a, there's a drinking game called Buzz where you take this card and you're like, I'm my own worst enemy and you cheers everybody. I do it very loud because it's very true, right? We all are our own worst enemies at some point. I take that tweet, I send that out. Now there's a bunch of people that follow KSR, that follow, you know, Kentucky sports in, in the state, Louisville stuff, Kentucky stuff, and they're going, fuck this guy. And they move into that category of hate this guy no matter what because that was their only impression of me. And I get that. And you know what? I'm not going to lose any sleep over that because even if they listen to this and they're like, wow, still fucking hate that guy. Well, okay. Well, I'm, okay. I'm not going to waste any time or effort trying to change your mind. But the people that were like on the fence about it, right? Or, or, or that would listen to this now and, and, and be on the fence about it. The only thing that I can say to you guys and to the people that have always been in my corner is that I will do better, that I'm, I am capable of better, much better. And to the people who are on the fence that are kind of hesitant still, the only thing that I can do is put my head down, grind, and show you that I'm for real and hope that over time, You'll see through my actions and, and my words and, and the platform that I'm creating that I will have proved you right. And that, that hesitation of, is this guy a fucking asshole or do I actually kind of like him? And, and is he kind of cool? And would I fucking hang out with this guy? Uh, just be patient. Be patient with me as I continue to grow and learn. That's what it's all about. So again, I'm sorry for that. I'm sorry. Now, okay, we're almost two hours into this podcast. It is 1.34 a.m. East Coast time. I got up at 4 a.m. today. I was so, I've been so excited about LAC reopening that I've been going to the gym pretty early in the morning, but like 7 a.m. compared to like, you know, sleeping until 8.30, right? And just doing it at home or whatever. Actually, for the last three or four weeks, haven't been doing shit at all. It's called depression, my friends. It sucks, okay? But we're back. All right, we're back. And, and we're back in the gym, back in the gym Monday, back in the gym yesterday morning. But I got up at 4 a.m. and I couldn't go back to sleep. So I was just up and I've been wired. And I've almost been up 24 hours at this fucking point. But you know what? I've, I've, I have fed on so much energy today, good positive energy, that at this point, it, it's like that, that's what I get manic off of is just the people, the energy, the good vibes. And so that's where we're at. So we're still going strong at 1.35 a.m., on a Wednesday morning. How you doing? Um, Uber stories. Now, this is where the podcast is, is going to go, okay? Like I said at the beginning, at the top of this, I am driving for Uber full-time. I'm going to make this podcast about all of the stories and, and, and the interactions. And again, not every person wants to talk. Not every story is good or, or worth repeating. But there are a certain number of fascinating people that get in my car and also, I ask really pointy, poignant, interesting questions, and people feel comfortable talking to me. I, I think I let, um, uh, you know, when I'm talking to somebody, uh, I, I'm very sincere, I'm earnest, and I ask questions in a way that is just, I'm just curious, you know, tell me. I, I, I just want to know. And I think um, 
a lot of people have a pretty, I have a pretty easy time getting people to let their guard down around me in order to have a, a, a good, meaningful conversation. And certainly driving around downtown Louisville, I, mean, I spent almost all of Saturday over in Shively and in Portland. I spend, I, I go wherever the rides take me, man. I, and, and I fucking treat everybody the exact same and I love it. I love it. Okay. Cause I'm a man of the people at the end of the day, I'm for the people, but driving around, I meet some interesting cats. And so that's what I'm going to make this podcast about. Cause again, that was the, that was the most requested segment <laughs> the, the whole last year I'm doing sports. I'm in the middle of a fucking Calipari take and I got somebody on the text line going, uncle baby Benny. Tell me some Uber stories. I'm like, all right, G, well, shit. The thing with 680 didn't work out, so here's what we're doing. I got you, all right? I got you. Uh, in addition to interviews and uh, uh, replayables and, and sports, like college football stuff, you know, from time to time, less sports, but much more Uber stories. And here are, I got, let's see, one, two, three, four, five that, uh, that I want to run through. And this is just in like three or four days of driving around. Pretty decent stories, but I will have much stronger ones and, and I will continue to give you guys the fucking real talk. And that's basically what uh, my, my, uh, my, my luxury vehicle is becoming now is just the real talk sanctuary where I'm, I've got some business cards. I got some business cards made up. And you know when I tell people I host a podcast, they're like, oh, no way. Well, how can I get it? So I'm like, I'm just going to start handing out these cards. And uh, I'm going to build my own thing. I'm going to do my own thing. But over the weekend, it was great because I was downtown. I was picking people up that were going to the protests. I was picking people up from the protests. I was picking people up that were lived in all different types of, of, of parts of the city, man. Literally all over. All over the city. And southern Indiana. And I'm, ta- I'm just talking to them. What do you think about what's going on this weekend? You know? What do you think about this stuff? What do you make of this stuff? And other times... I start talking to people and they tell me about their job and then we get off on a tangent and we start talking about the mob or whatever. But um, here was one really interesting one. The guy's name was Henry, okay? The guy's name was Henry. And yes, by the way, I am wearing a mask. Uber and Lyft require us to wear masks. They require riders to wear masks. So when I'm in the car and somebody gets in with the mask, then I wear the mask. And if somebody gets in without a mask, um, then I don't grill them about it and I just leave my mask on my lap and I'm just uh, a capitalist in that sense. What can I tell you? But I do sanitize the car and we take proper precautions. And, um, but by and large, like I'd say I took probably 20 rides over the last like four or five days and you know maybe two of them weren't wearing a mask. So we're, we're following the safety protocols and, 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 and we're good over here. But one guy gets in, he's wearing a big mask. His name is Henry. Okay, big tall white guy, bald, big beard, kind of looks like he'd be in ZZ Top, right? Man, he gets in and he starts telling me the story about how he he opened up by saying, I used to be a slugger, but now I'm a hugger. And I was like, what do you mean? And he said, well, let me tell you what I mean. I used to be a slugger, but now I'm a hugger. He told me about a story about him getting into a bar fight. I picked him up over in Shively, okay? And he was telling me about this bar fight that he got into where a guy had broken a beer bottle and sliced off his nose to where his nose is hanging on by just a thread. I mean, a small sliver of skin is hanging this, hanging, hanging this guy's fucking nose on a thread. And not only did he say that this guy cut his nose off, essentially, but then he said he took the beer bottle and stuck it in his neck 
And the words that he used were twisting and grinding the bottle around in my neck. Can you fucking imagine that? Imagine breaking a beer bottle on a rock or something or on a bar and you're just holding the bottleneck with the jagged ass edge and you twist that and grind that into somebody's neck. This guy lived to tell the tale. He's telling it to me from the back seat of the car. <laughs> right? And he was saying that this is a guy that had previously gotten in a fight with like, I don't, I can't remember how he, how he described it, like his brother's sister-in-law or his sister's brother-in-law or something like that. But basically, this guy that did this shit to him had already been in a previous fight that night. And then here he is again, like in another big fight, right? Uh, just bizarre, just bizarre. So he was telling me that they went to screw it up, right? Or they went to, they went to sew it up. They went to sew his nose up. He went to the hospital. He was fine. Now, I didn't get to see the nose. I should have asked, but, but because he was wearing a mask, I didn't see the scars. And honestly, I don't know that I would have wanted to see the scars if this guy had his nose basically hanging on by a fucking thread and then gets reupholstered to his face. I would imagine it would look like, remember that Michael Jackson uh, character in South Park where he gets his nose ripped off? <laughs> remember that? I, I, that's what I'm thinking about this guy. And this guy's like, he's a big guy, man, you know? Reese's cigarette smoke. I'm like, oh my God, this guy's a fucking badass. So he's like, yeah, man, they're, they're, my nose is hanging by a thread, but I go to the ER, they sew me up, right? And so I go home and two weeks later, he said he wondered why every time he sneezed, he sneezed blood. He was like, you know, I asked my wife, why am I bleeding every time I sneeze? So he said he had his wife look up in his nose and she saw something shiny. Now, I don't know if I believe that part of it. I don't. I don't think he had an exposed fucking shard of glass in his nose. He claims that the doctor actually sewed up pieces of glass still in his nose. And so when they reattached his nose and got it all situated back on his face, they left shards of glass in there. And he sweared to God that he could twist his nose in a certain way and I obviously I couldn't hear it, but that he hears the the glass grinding against his bone in his nose. <laughs> okay, and he tells me that he just started blowing it out real hard, and it came out. He said the shard of glass came out. He said he blew his nose really hard. Two weeks later, he was wondering why he was sneezing blood. All of a sudden, here comes a shard of glass. <laughs> but what was made even better by all of this? I swear to God, I cannot make this shit up, was that the whole reason that he told me that he was a slugger and now he's a hugger is because he became a born-again Christian. And after that story, after that story, he goes on to tell me that he's since devoted his life to Christ and, and, and everything like that. And the reason that he even brought that story up was because you know, he was telling me he was he was saved again, and he would be. It was literally like a, like a scene out of the Gemstones, dude, the Righteous Gemstone on, on HBO, great show, right? And he'd literally be talking and just be like, throw out a hallelujah and a and a praise be to He and glory be and and all this stuff, and like, dude, it was hilarious. It was literally like one of those characters from the Righteous Gemstones. But and and so I asked him, what was your rock bottom? At what point? What 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 made you want to give your life to Christ like that and become you know, baptized again, become a born again Christian. And that's the story that he shared, getting his nose sliced off on a bar 
and then snotting out a shard of glass two weeks later. <laughs> that was Henry. That was Henry. Um, what, another guy that I picked up was named Alan, and uh, this was Friday, so this was just um, Friday rolling around. Obviously, things had gone on Thursday night. The protesters had been out, and things had gotten a little bit violent Thursday night. Um, and then Friday, I'm driving around, Friday afternoon, and I picked up a couple of dudes from a Walmart that was over somewhere by the Outer Loop, like right by the Outer Loop. And, and I, I listen, I take ways everywhere I go. I'm still like, this is so bad. I grew up in this, you know, around this fucking city. I'm still learning the city, okay? Because I still don't know it off the top of my head. And so I take ways everywhere, especially when I'm going all the way out, you know, Shively area. But I picked these guys up from a Walmart. They get in, Alan and, and another guy. There's literally 15 cop cars out in front of this thing. And they look like they are just, they are ready for anything to happen. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? And the guy gets in. He literally has a two liter of Mountain Dew that he's drinking, okay? as his personal fucking cup, okay? And he goes, uh, I don't know um, what's going on, but apparently they called in that this this Walmart was going to be looted at 2 p.m. And I look at the clock and it says 1.51 p.m. And there's 15 cop cars in front of this thing. It's like shut. I'm like, holy shit. We maybe, you know, we maybe want to get out of here, Alan. Let's step on it a little bit there, buddy. Uh, but the line of the, of the entire ride, okay, was I asked Alan why the cops were there. Because they, uh, Alan and this other guy that I picked up, they worked at Walmart. And so they kind of had some information. And when, you know, when he told me that he worked there, I was like, well, why are all these cops here? And he said, I don't know, but maybe they'll take my ass away. A night in jail is probably better than dealing with my fucking kids. And me and the dude that were sitting, that me and the guy that was sitting in the back fucking lost it, dude. We were just rolling because I, you just never know what you're going to hear. So that was Alan. Um, this one, this one's a little bit more serious, okay? Uh, there's a guy named Jerry that I picked up. And I was taking Jerry to the VA hospital. I assume uh, that Jerry was going there to seek, you know, treatment, go to like, uh, I I don't know, the group session, therapy session to see his people, check in. Um, He certainly, uh, I give a lot of credit to Jerry because he certainly is somebody that did need it, okay? And he was going and seeking that. Um, And I applaud that, okay? But Jerry reminded me of something that is true, is, is true, is there are some people that you come across and you meet, and, and, and I'm going to defend Jerry against myself in making this statement, because as a veteran, you go through things and you process things. He was a vet going on his way to the VA. He had served a tour in Iraq 14 months over there. He was a badass. He was on the bomb detection squad. And, and that like create some wire fences and then also they sniff out the bombs. So literally imagine you're the first people walking through a minefield, right? You, I, I, can't even, I can't even understand or, or, or comprehend or fathom the carnage that he may have possibly seen as, as the lead people checking for fucking bombs, okay? But he serves a tour in Iraq. He gets back over here. And Jerry was one of those people that no matter how positive you try to spin things, you know, hey, it's a great day. Yeah, but it's hot. Hey, it's a nice car. Yeah, but it costs a lot of money. Like, there are people out there whose, whose main goal 
is just to shit on everything. Is just to shit on it all. Have a shit fest. All right? They poop, poop mouth. Right? And that was Jerry. And that was Jerry. So fucking negative, dude. And, 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 and some of it, like, I know that he can't help it. I know that he's struggling with things that I, I don't understand. Um, but you know what? Like, whether it's Jerry or, 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 or whether you know a Jerry in your life, you come across those people, there's no sense in, in sitting there playing into their games because that's literally like if you feed them your attention and your energy and your time and you sit there and try to do that, that's all they want to do, man, is just shit on you. They just want somebody to play that other side so they can sit there and be woe is me and they can be negative and they can talk about the doom and the gloom and, and it just it sucks. And people like that should be avoided. Like you don't need the, that's just toxic. Like if you have a Jerry in your life, get it out. And, and look, like I feel, ba- I feel for Jerry, you know, I do. Because he told me he didn't have any family here. Um, you know, I, I asked him very candidly about his experience coming back home as a veteran, you know, from the Middle East. And uh, the thing that he said that stuck with me was, you know, you, you get back and people say it changed, but you're the ones that's changed. You know, the way that you treat me has changed. You guys have changed. I'm the problem. You're the fucking problem. That's what he said. And, you know, he didn't really like talking a whole lot about what went on over there and what he saw. And, and this is where there, there comes a nuance and a responsibility. And so I'm sitting here driving this car, man. The guy's on his way to a VA. Like, I'm not here to... I'm not here to conjure up negative feelings. I was just keeping it light, talking a little bit, taking what he gave me, right? Uh, and I, but I didn't ask. The one thing that I really asked him, just like I asked the guy that was born again, what was your rock bottom? I wanted to ask Jerry, you know, what do you remember the most? Like, what stuck out to you? What keeps you up at night? Do you have nightmares? And if so, what is it, right? But because this dude was, was obviously unstable, Okay, I didn't ask those questions, and and I wouldn't do that because I think that would have been inappropriate. And the guy just the whole time, the only thing that he kept on repeating was that he really wanted to save up enough money to go out and live in the woods. He just wanted to live in the woods, man. He just didn't want to be around people. He said he hates people. He just wanted to be out in the woods and just camp. And when I dropped them off, I said, Jerry, I hope you find your campsite, man. I hope you find your campsite. Um, a couple other ones. These, these ones are like shorter and just kind of more funny, just like kind of like random shit that happened. Um, and again, as I, as I'm driving much more often now, full time, I'm going to have way more stories and they're just going to keep getting better and better and better. And I promise that I will always deliver that real talk and give the people that fucking real talk. And if you get in the car, uh, and and you want to talk to me, great. Know that I'm never going to out you, uh, I do first names. And even if you're like, hey, change my name. Uh, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> all right. But we ride. We ride. All right. Uh, two things. One, uh, I had a guy named William get in. And he's freaking a black and mild when, when, when he gets in. And I just picked him up from work. I, I take a lot of people to and from work. Because, again, it's a lot cheaper for some people to have a, uh, you know, a, a seven, eight, charge to and from work every day rather than it is to have a car, parking, gas, insurance, all the stuff, you know, it goes flat tire, like cars are expensive, man. So I ended up 
taking a lot of people to work, but this guy gets in. I'm, I'm taking him. Uh, I, I dropped him off at work. He's freaking a black and mild when he gets in. He just kept on saying, oh, shit, this is a Maybach. This is a Maybach. And I was like, hey, you know what it is, baby. And he was like, oh, shit, is this a Maybach? That's a Maybach. And he was telling me, so the reason that he didn't have a car and I was taking him to work, listen to this, had a car, but it got totaled because it broke down in the middle of a fucking bridge. I can't remember which bridge, but it was one of the bridges here in Louisville. And he's telling me, dude, I literally, because I don't, honestly, this is, I'm a bad Louisvillian for this, but I don't know the bridge names besides Second Street Bridge and the Walking Bridge. Sue me. Sue me. Okay. Uh, he breaks down, his car breaks down on a bridge and he's just stopped in the middle of it. And he said that he got rear-ended while he was in it. And I was like, holy shit, dude. Like, you got rear-ended in the middle of the bridge and you were in the car? And he's like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, damn. He's like, yeah, it's okay, though. I got, I got money. I got money for that. And then <laughs> I was playing Miss Me, Drake and Lil Wayne. Like he gets in and he's just like, hey, and you got my shit on. This is a Maybach. Uh, so I like William. William, uh, big fan of William. Uh, and then finally, uh, a buddy, uh, a friend. I just call him friends. You know, if you're good people, hey, my friend, hey, hey uh, sure. So friend, uh, Let Juan. Okay. And I picked up Let Juan down on 36th Street. Okay. And I. <laughs> I am, uh, you know, I do my best when I get these addresses in and it's, it's kind of hard to tell sometimes, you know, you're like, you're looking for an address that, that, oh my God, that does give me hella anxiety when I'm trying to find like an address and you just, for whatever reason, you're just having trouble. You can't find it. You can't remember what side of the street is even or odd. And you're like, what the fuck am I in the right place? Uh, I pull up in the middle of 36th street. Okay. And on 36th street, it's so tight that you can only, like, because cars are parked all up and down both sides of the street. So you can only fit one car in this tunnel of cars once you, like, commit to going down 36th Street, right? Uh, and I, I, I don't know what it was intersecting with, but it was, I mean, it was, you know, kind of deeper in Portland, right? So I'm, like, parked in the middle of the street. And, uh, you know, here I am, this white dude on 36th Street, and in a, in a, you know, a fucking nice car and I'm just stopped. And I had had, I had picked up this dude and we were going to pick up his homie, you know, this chick that gets in, but she's nowhere to be found. I'm sitting in the middle of the street. There's a porch full of like eight to 10 people who are literally just like staring at me, like kind of like, what the fuck is this guy doing? And I just chucked him the deuces and I threw him a nod and, you know, I saw somebody throw me a nod back and I was just sitting there minding my own fucking business. And then I got a car that's pulling up and they see that I'm just stopped and they were at the very beginning of like the little tunnel. So they just throw it in reverse and they were like, fuck this, I'm out. So the dude that's sitting in the back seat, let Juan, he's like trying to get a hold. He's like, hey, hold on, I I'm just going to run out and, and grab her. I'm like, okay. And once he gets out, then the people on the porch, like, they start yelling, like, yo, what the fuck are you doing, boy? Like, what you doing in that whip? And, uh, you know, I'm just sitting there, like, minding my own fucking business, right? The windows, the windows in the back, not only are they tinted, but they also have, like, the indoor curtains. So the curtains go up. You can't see anything. You're, like, rolling around like the fucking president back here, okay? And uh, <laughs> he gets out, and finally, you know, he finds his friend, and she pulls up. And she's got a, you know, just plate of food. And I'm, she's like, can I eat in here? I'm like, yeah, girl, I don't give a fuck. Like, just don't make a mess. All right. Don't, don't like, don't, please don't make a mess. But yeah, you can eat in here. 
So, you know, she's eating and, and we're just kind of talking. We're chopping it up. We're listening to music. I was dropping them off on Waterfront. And this is on, uh, this was Friday night. This is Friday night. I'm dropping them off on Waterfront. And on Waterfront, where you can pull up and park in some of those places on, uh, on River Road, there were two LMPD reserved officer parking spots. Okay. And when I pulled up the park, I just whipped into this thing. No one was obviously parked in there. And I double whipped the whip, or I double parked the whip. And then when I, when I threw it in park, I yelled, Book 12, Book 12. And they thought it was the funniest thing ever. I said, I'm going I'm to double park this thing right here because Book 12. And they were like, Hey, my dog, my dog. So. That's all I got. That's all I got. You know, there were so many other people that I met and like there's little things that come up and and like, you know, but like not every conversation is worthy of, you know, repeating and uh, you know, but you know what? The more that I drive, the more conversations I'm going to have and the more stories that I'm going to have for you guys. So, uh I will continue to do that. Please continue to listen and 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 not just to me, but to others. Listen to others around you. Um I got some interviews, good interviews coming up in the next couple of weeks that I'll be um, announcing to you guys. At some point next week, I'll have more Uber stories and also uh, graduation, Kanye West's graduation as a replayables album, me and Garrett Bricker. Uh, and, and like I said, sports every now and then, but you know, right now, um, there are more important things going on than sports. So I hope everybody has a good rest of the week. Uh, take some time to listen and, and ask some tough questions. And ELE, everybody love everybody. That's all I ask. I am back next week. I am Ben Tompkins. That is Real Talk.